What is up, everybody? Welcome into the man room. Thanks for joining me today. I am your host, Marcus Bridges. And uh, you can find us wherever you find podcasts and shit. You know, Spotify, YouTube, Google, the places. Uh, It's pretty easy. And to be honest with you, after 19 episodes, I'm really sick of naming all those places off. So go find me, put the man room podcast in your computer, and I'll pop up. Joining me in the man room today... Somebody who I have not seen for, we were kind of kicking it around. I think it's been about six years. Um, I know that it feels a lot longer than that. And uh, I'm just super happy to have you, dude. Thank you so much for joining me in the man room. Dan O'Lem, welcome in, dude. Hey, what's going on, Marcus? It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I mean, you have no idea. Well, when you when you hit me up on Messenger and you said, hey, you know, I, I have this uh podcast that I'm doing. Do you call it a podcast or do you call it a broadcast? I mean, podcast, I could have sworn was something that was having to do with Apple. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can call it a podcast because now there's so many platforms out there that do the same thing Apple Podcasts did that I I could call it a broadcast, but I feel like that'd be overselling it based on my listener count. Oh. It's not super broad yet. Don't count you out yet. You know, (laughs) I did my research going into this, but, but as I was saying, yeah, when you hit me up, like all these ideas kept going, and this is my first one. By the yep. way, like I've waited. You've never years. done a podcast? Never. Well, wait, you you had one with Carl, but he didn't air it. Oh, that's right. It was me and Kronk. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Mike's messing up on you? Oh dude? my God. It's that mic stand is kind of a I piece am of 39, dude. It could just be me. <laughs> I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But make yourself comfortable. It's, Thank you. One thing that I kind of love about this is uh the loose nature of when I call it a podcast, I feel like it gives me the ability to just be like, Hey, we're just going to stop talking right now. We're going to take care of stuff. And I don't have to come back and cut that out. It's like that natural. We're just having a conversation and you're going to hear all of it. Even if one of us falls out of our chairs or spills a drink. So, which I, I should assign something because I'm prone for it. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just worried. I got you sitting between two drum sets right now. Oh man! And as a very accomplished drummer yourself, I'm wondering uh, if your hands are starting to twitch. It, I, I, as you can see, uh, for the people who can't see, I, I have this thing where I uh, pick at my nails. Uh-huh. And that's usually some kind of tick that I have. I don't know if it's, sometimes it's nerves, sometimes it's boredom, but other times it's just because I've, I've been a drummer now for, uh, what, since I was 23? I think 23 was the first time I got behind a drum kit. Really? So, yeah. I would have guessed way sooner than that because oh. I've been playing since I was 13 and you're way better than me. Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far, homie. <laughs> I mean, I've heard you play and there's there's, there's the people that were raised around it and they started with pots and pans and then their parents got sick of it so they got them a drum kit or some people like uh, uh, Brown from Mastodon. Mm-hmm. He started by having you know a family member's kit that no one really played on so he'd go up there and put his headphones on and try to play to Rush or something like that. And I really didn't get that. You know, uh, my dad was musically driven, but um, uh, he never really played anything. And then I came around and we would listen to this radio station down in Los Angeles, KLOS 95.5. And it was a classic rock station. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would, he would always quiz me. He'd say, Oh, Hey, Dana, what's this? What's that? And then the competitive side in me was like, I want to name these songs before he even gets a chance to ask. So I was able to name a song within point something seconds. Like it takes longer to register from my brain to my mouth 
than it does like when I actually hear it and get it from my ears to my brain. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, but yeah. Uh, and then uh, flash forward, uh, 23 years old. I, I'm, I was hanging out with Aaron, my bandmate, Aaron yep. Tunnell, and he, he had a lot of stuff going on. I gave him two weeks to put a band together. What back when I was in Chainsaw Sex Vikings as a vocalist. Which, by the way, great name. <laughs> Love the name. You guys have never come across a bad name, at least that I know of. So Chainsaw Sex Vikings falls at the top of that list. It, yeah. I, I mean, that, that was the one thing. You didn't have to like the music. You almost came just because of the name and what do they sound like? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, what does a Chainsaw Sex Vikings sing about? But... uh yeah, so you gave I, him two two. Days? I gave him two weeks oh, two to weeks. put a band together, and because I saw it in him, mm-hmm. you know, when when you have music that's running through your veins, and you just need that person to push you off of the cliff of, of creativity, you know, uh, he he had all the burn in his eyes for it. There was just flames coming, smoke coming out of his eyes. You know, they were burning so hard. Yeah, and so I said, okay, you know, you got two weeks because I was putting together a show, and I was like, no one's available. Hey, Aaron, you got two weeks to put a band together. Let's do it. And he goes, okay. He showed up as a nine-piece band at the Black Forest. <laughs> he had a hand drum player, a shitload of guitarists, one drummer. And and then, you know, they, they kind of started fizzling out, and band members just kind of kept leaving. And, and uh, you know, without getting into too much detail, because we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, uh, wound up needing a drummer and had a show in two weeks. Well, Chainsaw Sex Vikings had since disbanded and, and you know, dismembered and whatnot. So Gone off to pilfer and the things that Vikings will do. It, uh, especially of the Chainsaw Sex variety. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> One of the rough and tumble <laughs> breeds of Vikings, as yes. I understand. <laughs> so so then he, uh, he looks at me and he goes, you know what, man? You got behind the drum kit once, and we played this ACDC cover when the Athearchist and Chainsaw would play together. And um, I would get behind the drums, and lo and behold, it just came naturally. So he goes, you got behind the drum kit, and you were pretty all right. You know, uh, I got a show in two weeks. Why don't you, why don't you be the drummer? You know, I don't know, man. You got a, you got a solid name behind you, and, and I love what you're doing, and I don't want to you know, influence you more than I already have. I want you to take off and with this thing and fly. You should have no problem finding a drummer. We drove over the McKenzie, like over the, uh, the, the bridge on 126, uh, you know, when you're going towards uh, Valley River, mm-hmm. which is about all of 15 seconds, and it was 15 seconds of silence, and he goes, yeah, you should play the drums, and I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then the Athearchists, as we currently know them, were born, yes? For the next two weeks, the, all we did was sit in this practice room that was right by John Henry's before Horsehead took it over and turned it into another pool room. Right. Um, it was, I, th- I think it was called The Vault, The Vault Studio. Okay, yeah, I, th- I think I, I've, I've heard of that before. I never went in there, but I've I definitely think. heard of that, yeah. And, and uh, Aaron had it at the time, and he, he owned it, or he was renting it. And so for the next two weeks, all we did was sit in there, play music. We had, uh, this was our daily routine. Get up, get a Little Caesars pizza, uh, Coke or Pepsi, whatever was cold, a bottle of Green Label Evan Williams, find an eighth of weed, because this was before (laughs) weed was legal. You couldn't just go out and buy it. You couldn't just go out and buy the shit. I had to walk uphill both ways in in the the snow, snow. barefoot. With bears chasing me to try to find weed, an eighth, you know, yeah. 3.5 grams of marijuana. And uh, that, that was the next hunt. As soon as we got 
that taken care of, we went back to the practice room and that's where we stayed until we retired, went to John Henry's and started partying for the evening. Gotcha. Which normally those John Henry's parties had a, uh, an affinity to run till three, four, five in the morning, whenever the last person wanted to go home. Oh my God. You know what? I, no one was ever allowed to stay after hours at that spot. So, I mean, at two 30, it no. was a hard close, right? It was a hard close. There was no back door that you could knock people, on. People read Bible verses <laughs> while and and chanted while they were cleaning. It, it looked like something out of a Disney tale. Yeah, there was like I said, there was no back door that you could kick loudly and have a large bearded gentleman such as yourself let you in. Um, maybe it was Kronk. I don't know. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got mixed up a lot back then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Two large bearded men in Eugene. Drinking heavily, which drinking is all heavily. I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't have the beard at the time, and I'm not what you'd call large, but I do the drinking thing I could get. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it was always funny to me the amount of time I spent at John Henry's after. Oh, my. And, I we, should and, have and, been and a good thing we can kind of talk about it now. I'm still not going to out him out at, at anything because there is some shit that went down that I heard in a National Enquirer one time. <laughs> 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 yes, and you know what? And I have to say, to just to go off one of your points that you made earlier, yeah. they did kind of turn that into another sports bar. And actually, we had to do a donkey show throbbit party uh-huh. like two weeks after that sports bar opened. Got it. And we were terrified because oh, of the following and the, the, the crew that John Henry's had felt yeah. very disenfranchised when that whole thing <laughs> went down. And then they're just like, oh, we got you a great bar. They couldn't wait to have you guys in. It's like, yeah, but we don't want to go there. They're going to drag us out in the street and beat us on Broadway. <laughs> and, I mean, it really was like it was one of the worst throbbit parties we've ever thrown. And those parties would be big. I mean, we would have a lot of people oh, out. Oh, my God. There was nobody like, out for I've this always wanted. I've always wanted to ask this because I've wondered this having traveled and listened to the radio station when you guys were doing it. In, uh, you know, it was live in Eugene, but then we'd be driving down and in Medford, you'd catch it. Mm-hmm. And then we played a place called the Treasure Trove, and they were huge fans of your guys's. Oh, down in Medford? Down in uh, Grants Pass, oh, actually. Grants Pass, yeah. So anytime we did anything down there, they were like, dude, do you guys know the guys in the donkey show? You know, And I was wondering, because of what we heard, how were those throbbit parties that you would do down there? I've said this before on the podcast, and I, I will always maintain it. Medford throbbits were built different. <sighs> And when they came out, see, we would do, we didn't get to do an annual Throbbit party down there. What we would do is we'd go down there once every three months, so once a quarter. Mm -hmm. And we would party at Howie's on Front, which unfortunately is no longer there. Um, It's it's been uh, taken over by a nonprofit now, which does stand-up comedy and plays and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, uh, but get away from that. At uh, Howie's on Front, we would always be... Picked up at the hotel. We stayed at the Rogue Regency, one of the nicest hotels in Medford. They put us up there. They would whisk us up at the hotel. They'd give each one of us a $100 bar tab and free dinner. And they would pack that place literally from rim to rim. There were so many people that came out to those parties that the cops, and I'm not sure the legality on this, but the cops would come walk through our parties looking for parole violees or violations. Oh. <laughs> like people that were on parole that were not supposed to be. So, and, and they packed people out. Like people would risk their freedom 
oh, to yeah. come and party with us for one night, and then they they'd leave in handcuffs. It's you know? like those stories you hear about people that are like, uh, "You won the lottery. Come to this place to win your prize." And then you go there, and then it's the cops just waiting for you. you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you won a fifteen inch television. Come on down, dude. Uh, just to to give them the credit that they deserve, the Medford parties were always oh, some of the rowdiest and most fun. And then it it never ended at Howie's. We got one time this. This uh, Cadillac Escalade picked us up. We didn't know the guy driving. We didn't know where we were going, but we were all, you know, we're partying. Woo, let's go. We ended up at this nightclub that had been built in like a makeshift warehouse on the second floor. (laughs) Bottle service at a table right in the middle of the dance floor. Like all these people surrounding us. We have no idea who they are. It was bagged by the Russians. Dude, they're they're literally treating us like we're the biggest celebrities that have ever come to Medford. And I always say the celebrity is the second worst C word that you can call me. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, so I, I hated it, but Don't I also it. love, I fucking loved being down there with them because they didn't get a lot of the stuff. They didn't have the right. sports teams. They and didn't they were have the concerts. Yes. And they treated us like it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were on a station down there, too. So it had its own identity. Mm-hmm. The station did. But the show, we didn't have to do two shows. We we're just able to pipe one down to them. Right. So they were in on all the stuff. They were, they, they just gracious people down there. I actually recently did a stand-up set down there, and I have another one coming up in July down in Medford. Do you really? Yeah, and, dude, the people are still great. Like, I, you could say the donkey show down there, and people don't remember it quite as well as they do up here, but it depends on who you're talking to. Because I also Absolutely. have people come over to me in Medford and be like, I recognize that voice. I know that voice. Exactly. And right. so, you know... um, Awesome people down there, and thank you guys all. If there's anybody from Medford that that was a part of that listening, um, huge dude, shout out! It was so much fun, and I really wish that Howie's on Front was still there. But I'm hoping what they're gonna do with it now because it's got mm. it's got a good side for stand up comedy. It also has yeah. a really nice bar and restaurant side. Yeah, and they're trying to bring it back. And I think COVID was really hard on those what, plans. What was the name of that place? Howie's on Front. You know what? There was a place. I, I don't know if you've ever been there. It might be close. I think it's called like second street or it, it was like named after a street and and it has like a brick building they have a stage that's uh when you walk into the right there was like a sushi place they serve sushi there i don't think i ever went there but that sounds awesome oh my god this place was huge we played there with um oh my god. i want to say it was hemlock okay and, and mendo dope which are from uh eureka they're not from mendo no, that's amazing. Mendocino County. I mean, you okay, know, but, okay. I see. I don't know the geography, yeah. but and I, and I mean, it, well, yeah. Men, they're, they're from Mendocino County. I heard in the National Enquirer. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Once again, I don't want to out anybody on anything. You know, really boning up on your research with the National this, Enquirer. This huh? is my first podcast, man. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you are doing so good oh, already, and we've only even scratched the surface. Yeah, um, I mean, when you told me an hour and a half, like what, when I was on my way, I was supposed to do this all right uh, let's break the kayfabe here i was supposed to be here yesterday and the day before which was my fault well i mean that's not your fault that's that's just life happening you know what i mean it was it it, we should take the listeners through the chronicles of getting you here because it has (laughs) taken three days and we live pretty much in the same city do you know how hard it is to build yourself up to talk into a microphone (laughs) for two days and not have it go through I was starting to have podcast conversations with my roommate's dogs. 
So how do you feel about outside? What do you see? <laughs> At least you're prepared, man. That's I know that you've gone through this a thousand times in your head. Because, oh, my God. Like I, you said, our minds work the same. I've been pacing for yeah. three days, too. I've already done this podcast four times in my head. Right, so right. It's going great. You know what? I only get so far, and then that's when I start thinking about it. Like, oh, my I just thought of this. I was listening to a song on the way to the coast when I was trying to escape the record heat that we had. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was listening to a song and I was like, okay, I'm talking about the moment where I'm listening to a song right now on his podcast, which I'm doing right now, (laughs) which kind of gives me chills in my legs, man, because it's kind of weird synchronicity thing where you're just like, and I knew I was going to say that. And it just (laughs) keeps on tumbling over because I kept having those, those thoughts. I don't know if it's psychopathic or if there's something wrong upstairs, but I can totally do stuff like that and it freaks me out you know what i mean like oh yeah like like i'll just write myself into a corner you know what i mean because now now i'm in that moment in the car listening to a song that reminded me of you and then i'm talking about it now but i was talking about it in my head then and it hadn't happened yet right so i mean i you know i just rick and mortied myself (laughs) man you know what i mean it's a weird thing that happens to me i i have this problem and i had to in the radio, especially I had to break this habit because my thing when I get nervous is we'll just make sure you're prepared. The best thing I can do for me is make sure that I've got my ducks in a row. But the problem is, is when you're so worried about being so prepared, a lot of times you have those conversations in your head and you manufacture a response from the person sitting across from you because maybe the question isn't leading, but maybe you have an idea of where they're going to go with their response. And when they flip a Louie and go the other way on you, yeah. I just sometimes, like you said, paint yourself into a corner is a really good way because you go, wait, I prepared for every contingency. You weren't supposed to fucking say that is what I want to say. <laughs> but instead, I kind of, you know, yeah. I, I kind of porky pig my way through it. Right. And, um, but it works. And that's I also feel like it's one of the reasons I started a podcast is like I just really enjoy conversation. Of course. I, I really, I'm, when you're, I'm out you're perfect bar, for it. Like any, oh, any, any conversation we've ever had at a bar, I always left going, man, that motherfucker's solid, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make me blush, dude. Even more than this margarita already is. Oh, yeah, right. Do you still do that? Yeah, man. Do, we, do you we, talk about I that? I talk about it. Absolutely. Okay. I ask every guest what they want in here. And this is another yeah. thing I have to say about you, which I absolutely oh, love. Okay. Boy. <laughs> We got the tequila. We got El Cimarron tequila. Oh, uh, we're having God. margaritas with some Mr. and Mrs. T's. Um, Mr. and Mrs. T's margarita mix. It's got the from scratch taste, which you pointed out so eloquently yeah. that it's obviously not it's, from scratch. It's if made from scratch taste. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's, it's marginal at best. Absolutely. It's, I, that yeah. stuff, I'm not going to lie to you. It was on sale. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm not going to lie to you. This is great. <laughs> I mean, just the name alone. It's like your brain already goes to, all right, Mr. T got married and him and Mrs. T put out a margarita mix. He just dropped the gold and went straight into. I'm sure he's still wearing it, which is made from scratch taste. Like it's (laughs) that just dry. I I got some candies the other day and it was like colors from real sources. It's like, no shit. Uh, Yeah. You don't have to say that if that's the truth though. I feel like you're just putting that on there. You're putting that on there for some legality (laughs) reasons. I still ate them. They're one of my favorite candies, but I mean, shit. Nobody's giving up candy. Come on. Oh man. Uh, You know what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I got to ask you, what have you been up to all these years? Well, um, you know, I, 
it was an interesting story. When the donkey show ended, um, it was the day that Ashley and I accepted keys to this house you're sitting in yeah, right here. right. And so uh, radio, because there was nothing available in Eugene, radio wasn't really an option for me anymore. Um, and I got into the cannabis industry for about five years. You know, I've seen your name when I go to sign in at places because yep. it's working at Itchy Ribs. And I, and, I, and I just, it's not like I intentionally do it, but you see this nice penmanship that says Marcus Bridges. I'm like, I fucking know that name. <laughs> I'm like, no shit. And then I'm looking around like you might still be there. You know what I mean? It's I saw like, your name a bunch too, dude. And I knew one day if I was still doing it, we would cross paths, but we never did. Who the fuck is Danny? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, I did I did uh, dispensary management for a little bit. I managed so awesome. uh, Next Level Wellness for about a year and a half. And then I got into sales with White Label Extracts. Why'd you leave? Um, it's a long kind of personal story. Oh but, boy. I All mean, right. So that's an off the, off the air kind of thing. It is. I mean, I'll tell you, it just, the, the situation was made untenable and that was out of my control. I and understand. so I, I made a decision. I have this thing about me where if you let somebody do something that's very non-beneficial to you and oh, it, it helps on. them, it helps them. Uh huh. You're not letting them do that once. That's only the first time they're going to do it to you. Oh, and, and so yeah. I uh, call it pride, call it um, paranoia. I don't know what you want to call it, but I saw a cascade of this type of behavior coming my way, and I was just the guy that was the very first one to get it. And sure enough, it happened to everybody else mm. in the sales force uh, three or four months after I was done. Yeah. And, you know, I was fortunate. I made good money while I was there. The cannabis good. industry is booming all over the place. And, oh, boy. Um, I, I did well. And I guess having a supportive wife, I went to her and I said, listen, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing cannabis anymore for now. Bald guys don't chase their dreams and I'm losing all of it up top. Can oh, I can I that. do this and see if it works out? And she goes, yeah, do it. And so that that's the whole origin story of wow. what's been going on for the last five years. And this just started in February of this year. So, um, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a kind of a new venture for me, but I'm really enjoying it. I get to talk to, to fucking dope people. I get to do it my way. There's nobody that tells me what right. I can and can't talk about and what I can and can't say. Absolutely. You know, um, it, it was just, I have this man room that I like to hang out in. And I was like, why not have a podcast where we come up here and just hang out? Because this room typically, Hosts all my buddies from out of town for when they come to watch football games or go to concerts and stuff like that. I play my Xbox up here and I just had kind of space that I wasn't utilizing for like a positive out output, you know, wow. and now I'm doing that. Like I've got, I, I mean, the drum sets are set up. I spend considerably more time on the podcast than I do tapping around on the drums. I, and I don't like to admit that, but it's the truth because I'm really having fucking fun. I completely understand. And, and after listening to so many of these episodes, it's like, I can totally see you spending a whole week just editing and doing the, you know, what, what, what I was saying before, before we started, you know, what you were meant to do and your passion, you yeah. know what I mean? That's, I lost that for a while. Well, I, dude, it's hard not to when you're not doing it every day. We're, we're a live band. We are, I mean, if you pick up one of our CDs or you listen to one of our songs on any platform, you know, Spotify or whatever, mm -hmm. it's not the same as being there and and all of a sudden we're just live in the moment looking at you making things personal you know like pointing someone's shirt out in the middle of a song and, and there goes Daniel goofing off and Aaron's goofing off with them and then they just bounce back and forth and then the next thing you know just just funny shit happens where everyone's dying laughing you know yeah. it's just not the same I mean by no means we're no tenacious D we're no we're no white stripes we're we're you know we're we're uh 
Brown D or something. You guys were, you guys are, I didn't say were, you guys are a damn fun live show and it always has been. And that's one of the things I have written down is what, when COVID hit, what did you guys do? How many shows did you have to cancel? What was your plan? Well, we, uh, we're very open with our schedule because we don't have really anything. It's just me and Aaron, we're so Aaron and myself. So we don't have management. We don't have obligations. I mean, if someone hit us up and it's happened in the past, you know, during COVID we had one house party where they were like, Hey, it's someone's birthday. And, and if you guys don't mind, they were very respectful about everything and said, if you guys don't mind coming by and playing, we set up, we, we set up shop in their backyard and just blew out the neighbors off of highway 99, you know, <laughs> like awesome. it was so rad too, because they were so like, we were talking about, you know, people who are appreciative of what you do, you know, they were so thankful that, Never went without a, you know, like a beer in our hand or a water in our hand or a joint flying around or offering the, this, that, and the other thing. And, and you know, may, may the good entity bless him because, yeah. I mean, that's cool. But aside from that, no, uh, Aaron and I focus mainly on work. I tried to do the whole unemployment thing for a while, and I spent so much money on Xbox. Oh, yeah. That's, like, that's I, a thing, dude. I played NBA 2K, and I have this thing where if something's cool – to me, from my childhood, I need it. And I was chasing this Kobe Bryant card like I, uh, if that you play on, on my team. Oh, yeah. And I tried to open so many packs. like, And it's linked up to my roommate's Xbox, so it's not even my Xbox. So when I buy something, it notifies him. And you're just forking over cash. I'm just <laughs> feeding the monkey, man. <laughs> um, I'm going for it. He's, he's, he just sends me a text. He goes, Again, <laughs> it's like there's no words spoken other than that because we already know. At least soon he'll be on his lunch break, you know, and uh, and I'll just and I'll just buy one, you know, impulsively. Like maybe I'll get it this time. Maybe it's what time I buy it at. Maybe if I buy this many, that it, it ups my chances. Like I, I'd be a really bad gambler to try to calculate slot machines, you know. And I'd just <laughs> fuck myself into a corner with that. Well, there's a whole city of people down in Nevada that their their favorite line is tonight's the night. Tonight's the night, and, yeah. and it fucking still hasn't happened. Well, I mean, I watched this guy on YouTube, and he just forks over thousands of dollars into these machines. I like his name's NG. I don't know if you've ever seen an NG slots. Uh-uh. Oh my god! Like I got I got into this whole world on YouTube because I didn't I didn't want to I want to see somebody win. Because I play those things, and, and there goes another $20. Right. There goes another 20 This motherfucker's putting in $600, you know, at a time, rolling on these, on these high machines, doing max bets. And I'll be damned if the motherfucker doesn't come out ahead half the time. Granted, he's putting in twelve grand a fucking right. night. Right. But I, I started watching that stuff, and it's like, man, I am so bad at gambling. You know, but they have a way of making you feel that way. Because think about the fishing shows that you've seen. Those motherfuckers are pulling lunkers out every goddamn cast. Well, How many hours did they sit out there with nothing going you on? You are absolutely right. It takes great editing because I, too, love to fish, and there's no fucking way you're <laughs> catching them at the rate they're doing it. Right? Not enough to have a <laughs> sh- no way. I've been fishing since I was a young boy, and I still haven't caught as mu- enough fish in my life to make one half an oh hour my episode. God. You like, know, I used it's... to joke around with my dad and say, there's a fucking dude with a scuba outfit down there, and he's just having him lift, and he just hooks him up <laughs> to the fucking fish, <laughs> pulls on the line a couple times oh got one yeah Yeah. there goes bill dance he's got another one that lucky son of a gun you know but but uh going back to the slot machines you know who's really good at them who's that people on fucking drugs 
Uh, well, they have that. They have that Holy laser focus, right? Holy shit! You can hear the buzzing <laughs> when you walk by them. Like they are on overdrive, but they're like, no, no, no you got to do it like this. And they lick their lips and they wipe the screen and, they, and their eyes are twitching and shit. You almost think they're a cyborg or something, you know? Like you're not real. Yeah. I was just actually down in Vegas recently, and um, I, I like throwing craps. I love throwing mm. rocks. I don't necessarily have a lot of luck at it. I've kind of 50-50 whether I'm taking a couple bucks or losing a couple bucks, and I'm okay with that. You play the line? You're just 7-11 type deal? Or, um, or? I play the pass line. I back up my odds, and I like to do a 6-8. And I'm also I, – I love – there's one bet that I love that on a $5 table, it's a $3 prop bet. Yeah. And it's high, low, yo. And I just like saying it when I have three $1 chips. I go, high, low, yo. High, low, yo. And I throw it to him. And that's that's one, 12, or 11. No it kidding. It's 30 to 1. That's so. got that's got to harden your nipples. I love when, it. When man. you do it, you know. And the, the other thing about a craps table, and I maintain this ever since I started playing. If you have good energy at a craps table, if everybody's into it, people are clapping when the guy's about to roll. Yeah. People are talking. People are cheering and high-fiving. Like the movies. Those tables win money. And the tables where everybody's got their hand in their pocket and acting I'll hard. I'll be damned. Those tables always fucking lose. And I don't know whether that's just me hmm. and, and the energy that I bring to the party. Because I'm not afraid to stand out. If everybody's acting hard around Shocking. the table. You know, let's go shoot her. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. And I'll let them have it. And then they'll look at me like, can anybody shut this guy up here? I'll shut him up. Seven out. Seven out. Seven right. out. But then again, when I've got like a 90-year-old lady across the table sucking on an oxygen machine, high-fiving me. Absolutely. Everybody's printing money. Oh, of course. And, and so for me, I, but I, I got on the craps table with the guy that I think was one of those dudes that knows how to throw the number that he wants. Oh, no way. And dude, we won. I mean, he the reason I feel like that is because he put his money on six. He was on the, the button was on eight and he just six, 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 wow. six. And then the one time he missed, it went seven. And the roll never got back to him before he left the table. But I was like, "When I'm saving all my money until it gets back to that guy. Because it was uncanny. I've never seen it happen before. And he was very meticulous in the way that he picked up of the course. dice. And always had him showing the same number, same motion. He was like watching a golfer putt. It's like he's right. done that 10,000 times. And he's so good at it. And, I mean, yeah. Like I said, printing money for a little bit. Slapping high fives to people. I'm running around the table. You know, I mean, it's just a fun Thing. And I feel like that, I don't know if there's anything to it, like psychologically, but I feel like if you're having fun when you gamble, you're more likely to win than if you're sitting there upset about the money that you've got on the table. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, is it, aren't those the best odds in the house or is that roulette? That's blackjack. Blackjack? Blackjack is the best. Roulette is the oh, worst. Okay. Roulette is the worst, yeah. Roulette's the worst, yeah. Um, blackjack is like a 49-51. Like there's barely a house edge, but the way they mess with that is... Some casinos pay different odds on blackjack. Some yeah. pay you six to five. Some pay you two to three. Some pay right. you one to two. It's just or two to one. It's and the cheaper casinos, like you go down on Fremont, you get great odds. You get five dollar tables. You go up to MGM on the Strip, you get nothing but twenty dollar a hand tables right. and all six to five and just not good, not good odds. Wow. And so, um, I, I've like this was part of my childhood. My dad's always had a poker crew that meets once a week and they play nickel dime and quarter games. I was just thinking about this the other day. Nobody does that anymore. They'd rather play online. I see. And I would love to have a once a week poker group. That would be so rad. And I might actually smoke cigars if that happens. Dude. I mean, and, and let's fucking make it happen because I've had enough people now tell me that they would be interested. That'd be that dude, you could probably get something like that. I'd together. show up just for the fucking picture of that. Cause that looks so cool in my head right now. You know, <laughs> 
Just do it, man. Hey, Dano's playing goldfish over there, dude. And you go fish while everyone here is playing fucking poker. You got wasted on El Cimarron and Mr. and Mrs. T's again. (laughs) He can't stop saying it has that made-from-scratch taste. (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch. I'm getting... My cheeks are starting to sweat. (laughs) And this is exactly what I wanted, too. I mean, you know, like... uh, the whole catching up. The, this is why it's perfect you have this platform. And it's such a great idea, especially like we were talking about. Um, in a day and age where people become more secluded, seclusive, reclusive, excuse me. And they seclude themselves into, into, these, into these, like, you, you still have your phone. You still kind of reach out to, you send memes to people that you're, yep. you're keeping in touch with, if anything. That's when you know you matter to somebody. Mm-hmm. If someone sends you a fucking meme that says, hey, I thought of you. Fuck, man. You know, it's a, hey, how you been? Let me send you one back. Let me send you the laughing emoji with the tears coming out of my face. You know? But uh, what, when you don't, because uh, the, there's everybody else, in it and you start thinking about it, and you say, well, everyone else has their own lives going on. And, you know, it's not so much that you're going to be a burden, but it's like, you know what? Can't wait to run into them in that one situation in life where our paths cross again. You yeah. know? it's Because it's like, after spending this much time with you already, it's like, Fuck, man, haven't skipped a beat. There's, this, there's an endless amount of fucking things we can talk about. Because, yep. you know, and, and then things keep rushing through my head because I have my own little mental notes that I've been keeping. I'm like, okay, I got to ask him when he's going to pop out a little Marcus. I got to ask him how his drums are doing. I got to ask him how the marriage is going. I got to ask him how the podcast is coming along. Who does he have coming up? Like, like, like now all of these things are rushing back. And I'm like, okay, now I get a chance to hang out with this person. And, and, and you know, so I started thinking about stuff like that. So you could take of any of the ones that I just mentioned, let me know at any time here, man. Well, uh, the marriage is going great. I have okay. an amazing wife who supports me in this venture, which is, that is beautiful. It's really hard when you go, I'm going to start a podcast to make money. And everybody goes, well, you're going to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she knows that. And she's been, I mean, she, first of all, she's awesome. She's a super hard worker. She's got a great job. And that helps a lot. Obviously, the money that was made in cannabis was obviously something else that was instrumental. If I'd have of course. still been doing radio, there's no way that those five years would have funded this, you know. Right. And so um, I, I'm, I'm super fortunate in that, right? So the, the marriage is, is awesome. Um, we are not going to have uh, biological children of our own. Are you guys going to adopt? I don't think so. I think that you guys are uh, going to get cats. Then we've actually got these two little corgis right here. <laughs> oh, okay, corgi. Uh, yeah. Now, isn't one named Barf and Fart or so, something like that? <laughs> how did you know that? Is that's, that their names? Well, no. So actually, this is uh, Detective Elliot Stabler. Yes, and this is Lieutenant Dan. Lute- um, but we call them Barf and Shit because <laughs> that's this it. one that's barfs it. all over, and this one shits all over. So. That's, it, now, do they respond to those names? No, I mean, they'll respond to anything if you've got a treat in your of hand. Of course. You know? um, but, I, I mean, they have... Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm weird like this. Like, his name is Detective Elliot Stabler, but his nickname to me is Bean. I just call him Bean all the time. And I, I don't know why I call him Bean. He's like, he's it, my little Bean. He's my it, little guy. Like, is I it because he's brown? No, it's because <laughs> this is Dan mm-hmm. Bean, too. I call Dan Bean. L- and, and speaking of brown, it, the, your dog on the right looks like, and now that's, that's shit, right? Yes, the black okay. one is shit. Black one is, now that looks like the typical wedding photo of a Mexican wedding right there. That's <laughs> that's how they all look in that photo. One smile and one, one dead One smiling man. and one's dead serious. Like, this. Kid, are, are we done? Can we get this picture over with? Who's them? dead serious most of the time? Is it the bride or the groom? Uh, you know what? Honestly speaking, both. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's right down the middle. Like, I've tried to get my dad to take pictures, and then he'll be smiling, having a good time. You bust out the camera, and he goes, <laughs> and, and it's just, you know, it's Stonewall when he sees that phone come up. Yeah. You know, I got to get candid ones when he's smiling and make it look like I'm, I'm just looking at my phone. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, just um, you so know, you guys are you guys have the two dogs. We got the two dogs. Um, Ashley and she's okay with me talking about this, so it's I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. She had oh, good. cervical cancer. Oh my goodness! Um, and she's she's in total remission. She has no cancer, oh, but they did good. have to perform a full hysterectomy. I understand. Um, and that was a thing. It was we were at the time of our lives where we were honestly thinking about having children, and the doctor yeah. said, "Listen." You have to do this now because oh. to keep the cancer from spreading, we have to do your hysterectomy very soon. Yeah. And I told her, because this is how I feel, 100%. I said, I am not going to sacrifice your health for something that could be. Right. If you want to do that, then you can make that decision and I will live with it. I'm, I'm fine with that. But if you want to take your health and make it a priority, then that's what I want. Because you're here now and I have you. Uh, we can make a kid, but if I don't have you anymore, then that's a real hard go for me, and I I don't want to not have you. I I want you. Yes, I, of course I'll have one of those. Woo! Thank you yes. very much. Wow, I am. Um, so Ashley and I, we just decided. You know, I have I have an uncle that has lived in Hawaii since he was twenty five. He's married mm -hmm. over there. They have no kids. He plays golf all the time. He runs his business. He loves life. And then I have uncles with like eight kids that also do everything that they want and love their life. And what I realized is. I can look at this on both sides of the of the equation and know that I'm going to be fine whatever we decide to do as long as we have one another we'll be okay and and so we were comfortable making that decision and dude to be honest like she actually got a little bit of flack from some of her friends it was like oh what you're not going to have kids like I thought you're going to have kids on oh, it's like oh wow and it really it kind of opened our eyes to the way that people go about these decisions a lot of people of make course. these decisions because they think they have to rather than they get to Right. And I was really happy that Ashley and I were able to just talk about it and be really comfortable in the decision that we made. And now we know she's healthy. She doesn't have to worry about that's this so good. big C word anymore. Of that's course. Really, really fucking terrible. Oh, and, man. Um, so she, you know, happy, healthy, love our dogs, get to take them all the same places we take kids except for Disneyland. That's perfect. You know, and uh, then they'll loosen that up too before you know it. Probably. Like, all they'll, I gotta they'll do have is, their own fucking amusement park before you know it. <laughs> I mean, corgis might be the first ones with that because these are meme dogs right here. I mean, yeah. they're, they're like living with two fucking cartoons, Dano. They do oh, something so awesome. funny or stupid all day. Yep. And it, I mean, if even if they're on the couch, they'll be laying there with all fours in the air and their tongue hanging out. It's oh, just yeah. like, you know. I corgis mean, are awesome. Some, I mean, I've, I've also seen that anyone who owns a corgi usually winds up having more than one. Yeah, they wind up they, and that's the only dog they'll ever have. Like people with Rottweilers is the same thing. Like you'll never see him with any other dog after that. That's and I think that it's it's a thing. You know, I thought growing up I had uh, um, wiener dogs, Dachshunds and loved them, had three of them um, over my my childhood. And I thought for sure I'll only ever own a Dachshund until I met a Corgi. And I thought you I have I, some for short legs, don't you? Dude, there's well. <laughs> I'll bring it full circle for you because I also love yellow labs. My dad has had a couple <laughs> yellow labs. My best friend in the world had has uh, two yellow labs. They're great dogs. And I always thought when I met this first Corgi, I was like, dude, that Corgi is a dachshund in yeah. a lab's body right. without the legs. They're goofy like a lab. They're short and long like a like a dachshund. They For have sure. a personality that's way bigger than any dog oh, their size. Oh, my goodness. You know? they, sound that, like, they look like they're an 
uppity British person, you know, always at all times. You can hey, tell. Hey, what's up? You know. <laughs> you can tell they come from the royal bloodline. There's right. no question about it. We gonna play with anything today? I can show you where the foxes are. <laughs> <laughs> You're better at that accent than I thought, man. That's really good. <laughs> I I have always loved voice voice work. Always like I don't. Didn't I ever send you like voicemails and like do different voices? Because uh, I always did I that. Think you might have called the program just live. And yeah, live is yeah, what happened. yeah. I've done that as well. Yeah, like especially Arnie, my Arnie impression. Just like especially going through the radio, something about those old school phones and the way the radio would pick up my voice. It Fidelity. W- it was perfect. Like you'd have to question. I would question myself. Is like, is that really fucking Arnie, dude? And I, was like, <laughs> I did the fucking thing, dude. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a tough one to do anymore. You know, you get you get canceled doing an Arnie impression if you're not careful, right? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, that Arnie. I thought you were doing Arnie from Fried Green Tomatoes. Arnie. <laughs> okay. So oh, my God. I think that's Artie, actually, now that yes. I'm thinking of <laughs> Yes. Oh, well, don't cancel the podcast, please. It doesn't matter. Nobody's listening. Uh, Man. <laughs> so, okay. Pulling myself together here yes. a little bit. Um, I'm trying to get through the questions. The podcast, it's going great. The, the marriage going great. We're not Good. having kids. Good. Um, right. The okay. drums, like I said, I you know, I've become a collector. I don't know if you see them over there, but those uh, Zildjian Z Customs. <sighs> They Ooh, were. They, how's that ride treating you? Look at that thing. That is the newest one of the selection, no. and I love the extra two inches on that thing. I only Heard had a that. twenty before, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love an extra two inches, man. Wouldn't we all. I'm five eight over here. This is this is a good time, man. It's got to be something about the ice and the Mister and Mrs. T's, because you know, after all, it tastes like it's home. It's made from scratch. scratch. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Tastes like it's made from scratch, man. So, but okay, so you have the uh, oh, those are what Z Customs? They're all Z Customs, and they stopped making those damn symbols, man. They were a punk rock and they were a punk rock and metal masterpiece because they held up. Let the hype beast them begin. Yeah. Yeah. Can't so, make them anymore. Rad. Let's see what they're at on StockX in about six months. Oh, this is years ago <laughs> that they stopped making them. Right. So I've been actually that whole set right there. I've had to procure one symbol at a time off of eBay and Craigslist. Is that the same kit that you were using back in the day when you I, were playing? I just got that kit. You no. you, you and had I a played white together. One. No, I had a red one. It you was, had a red it one. It was wine red like the like my electron like kit the, here. Okay. Um, but it was uh, it was a pearl export, so it was just a little five piece. Oh, got it, got it. I got, got it. this one. You remember when we played at the Black Forest with We Have Guns and Athearchus and my band Hero Explains the Ghost? Yes. It was a, it was like a sellout. One of the times that there was more people in there than there ever should you, have been. You you dressed up like Carmelo Anthony back in the day. How Carmelo Anthony dressed up, dude. You had the headband going on and the wristbands going on. I mean, it was it was like I, Iverson was out there, dude. And I come from I come from that punk rock age where if you didn't have nine armbands and three belt buckles, yeah. you weren't even. You can't even fucking be on this stage, dude. You had to make a stop by Hot Topping and get some of those plastic bracelets, you know, the 50 of them. Yes, I looked like somebody threw me into a Hot Topic and I just rolled around and whatever stuck to me is what I came out with. So beautiful. Um, But yes, you're right. I did have the headband because I'm a, like you, I am a sweating machine when I play the drums. People, people, you know, they've always said, oh, this the shirtless thing. Like that's, you know, what's that? You know, they, they think it's something else. And it's like, dude, like. I, I want a dry shirt when I get done playing, like, and, right. and laundry, especially when you start touring and you have 
shirts that are that sweaty night after night, and they're just sitting in this van. <laughs> just festering. <laughs> just like the, and that's where the athearchus smell came from going back to it. Cause we used to have our own aroma. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And, th- and that was because we just played and sweat and we didn't do anything but play and sweat. Yep. That, that's all. And drink. Uh, and you know, the cool part about knowing you back then and, and being at some of your shows is that you, as a fan of the athearchus, you got to have the aroma too, because you were always dishing out free hugs after the show. That's right. And so it was people would walk away looking like they just went through a Jurassic Park ride <laughs> on the on the front. You know, it's like you'd have my imprint of, of a hug. You'd have the wet handprint with the arm forearm on the back. And the you know, I that's that should be like a shirt. We should make a shirt like that. Uh, that would be great. That just would a be sweat so stained awesome. hug just a sweat shirt. stained hug shirt from the Atheist. You get one with Aaron and you get one with Dano. It's got a boob sweat underneath it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean some people are into that though. That's that's what they love. They're like, Oh, come here because they're they're just so excited, they're so hyped. You know, and and I can't wait to get back to to live music. That'd be great or whatever variation there is from it. But we haven't been inspired because it it was it was very hard to get inspired. Like I like to drink when the times are good or when I'm hanging around good people. And man, for a while there, there just weren't any good times. So it was it was real hard to drink, real hard to play music, do anything fun. Like I got real into uh, fighting, fishing racing and all on a video game okay <laughs> sounds like a world traveler but no yeah, it's just right there in right, my living room just one place <laughs> yeah i didn't have to fucking go far but uh uh no but uh, disc golf I, i'm big into disc golf big and big in actual uh I, I like to go bass fishing yeah i love bass fishing man it's like fighting oh a little mini God. marlin every time one of those things yeah one of those things bites it's they so get fun. so pissed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gets so angry well, like it's because you you caught them when they were literally just defending their territory like that's right all. So or or, pissed, or, or like know? oh you're hurt i'm gonna fuck you up you <laughs> know what i mean it's like you got this frog that's out there just trucking along the water and it's like i don't give a fuck what you are i'm gonna fucking eat you and i'm gonna make it dead i'm gonna make it look really bad i'm gonna come out of the water and flip my fucking fins and let you know i'm just gonna swallow the shit jonah and the whale bitch jonah and the whale and just fucking i, I named my frogs jonah Go off of that because <laughs> that's awesome. And, and then you just catch them, and then you see them splash out of the water. The thing that makes me feel bad is when they come up and and the hooks way down in their gills. I fucking hate that. I it, think everybody does, unless you're just a dickhead. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants yeah. to hurt the. You're not out there to hurt something. And you're out there to to you know sport and to catch and to eat. You if know? I see another fucking YouTube influencer holding a fucking bass out of water for minutes at a time to take your fucking selfies. Put the motherfucker back in the water if you're gonna if you're gonna catch and release, right. or, or put him somewhere where you know what I mean. You're you're already doing enough by hooking the motherfucker and dragging him right out. And then and then me and my roommate were talking about this one. Imagine what fishing would be like with humans. You know what I mean? Because I used to I used to thank the fish when when I would get them, and he goes, "That's fucking weird, dude." Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, Imagine if you, you just had a hook in your mouth. Hook in your mouth. Like, you, there's a stack of money laying on the ground with a line on it, and you go to grab it, and you just get taken out to this other world. Some fucking alien goes, "I got one." You can't breathe. <laughs> you can't oh! breathe. <laughs> right. And they just want to take pictures, and then they go, "Thank you." And, <laughs> and you're like, send, ah! <laughs> and they send you back. <laughs> Or they club you in the head. Or to they death. club you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is a big one. Fuck him up. You know, we're eating that one. Yeah, boy. 
I had never thought of it that way, but I get it. <laughs> I have not thanked a fish since. <laughs> I, if anything, because we go night fishing, I'll have my roommate take uh, take his take his lure and dangle it in front of the fish. Now you see this motherfucker. You tell all your friends about it when you go back in there, and then I throw him back in, <laughs> threaten him. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a. Uh, it's. I always have. See, I'm a, I'm a hunter too, and I've I've uh, taken down. Been fortunate to take down some elk in my life. Oh and, man. Uh, I always have a moment with the with the game, but I don't have that moment while it's still like in the throes of death. Like holy I, shit, we, yeah. You know, normally we're hundreds of yards away, and you right. aim to have one shot and a and a clean kill. Yeah. And so by the time we get up there, then I just you know have my little moment. Thank you. You're going in the freezer. I'm not buying beef for a year. You do the Brad you know? Pitt thing. Do you cut the heart out and no, do dude. the? I've seen people do that shit. Oh my god! And I'm look. I understand you think you get the essence of the animal or what. It's very barbaric because they just cut the knob of the bottom of the heart off and just throw it in their mouth when it's still warm from the animal. That is so gnarly. And it's never been like I look. I have a tremendous respect for the game because I know after doing it for so many years. I've been hunting since I was twelve. I'm thirty six. I've killed two elk. Wow. They've beat me. 24 fucking times out there and I've won twice. So I have this giant respect for, for the game. Right. And that to me is a little bit humiliating for the game. Like you mean like the game or for is the, it for a the game? animal? The, okay. I have respect for the animal. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. The animal is better than me at what we're doing and they win most of the time. If They're not just all. trying to live, man. Exactly. <laughs> this ain't no fucking game for them. Yeah. <laughs> we're in, we're in it's, their environment too, you know, yeah. and it's, it's something that is, it's physically demanding. It's, it can be emotionally demanding at times sure. because you can go out there for years and not see anything. Holy shit, you're the predator to these things. I kind of am, unfortunately. <laughs> but I feel like if the predator would have killed one of those army guys and then ripped his heart out and ate it in front of all of his friends, I feel like that's like an extra degree of disrespect. Oh, right. And and I know that the, the Didn't native Didn't he take people, their spines, though? Extra like, degree of disrespect. You didn't have to do that. You could have just zapped him with you your lasers. You zapped him and called it good. But which you is what I do. I zap an elk. Off and... I, well, I do that because i need uh-huh. to meet because i'm trying to eat <laughs> but you don't do it while they're alive so what do you just fish to fuck with them is that <laughs> <I'd> say, yeah. <laughs> i fish to fuck with yes actually when i'm stoned as shit and i'm out there i'm like what the fuck am i doing because when i catch them i feel bad but when i but you know what i mean when i get them when i lip them i feel bad but when, when i'm catching them i'm like fuck yeah you little fucker dude eat that fucking thing dude i get pissed off but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, I do. Because I, I let them go, you know, and I thank them. Well, not anymore, but I used to. Hey, if you want me to quantify it in that way, most of the elk I've hunted in my life you eat. let go. Oh. The two that I've killed are the only two that didn't get away. Every oh my other God. one of them got away. So that's that's kind of, I'm well, pushing good. from the opposite end. So, I mean, of the when, when you're spectrum. approaching this animal and. You know for sure it's dead. There's no moving. Mm-hmm. Is there still something in the back of your mind that's like, this motherfucker's going to kick me. He's going to come to life. He's going to fuck been. me up. Always has been. And there is a there is a uh, a technique that I learned at a very young age because I was excited to run up to one of my dad's or uncle's oh, deer man. that he had downed. And it hadn't been down for very long. Oh, no. And I got excited and my dad stopped me and he's like, listen, it's it's not moving and we can go up there, but you have to, you have to watch me in the way I do this. And... You typically, obviously, they're going to be laying on their side once yeah. they're finally dispatched. And you walk up from behind, from the, like towards their spine, kind of. And, okay. and you will take a stick or your, if you have a rifle or an arrow, yeah. and just put it right in front of their eye. 
and they're no not, they can't go backwards from that position. They can only oh, go they up. they can only go up. And so, or roll over. And yeah. so, if if they're if that eye's open and they're playing dead, because some animals some will. Some animals will do that, un, yeah. But that's why you don't run up to them and threaten right. them and make them feel like that. You give them time to. Oh, man. If you have to. And I mean, most of the time, you know. When you get a clean shot, like the one I, I just took down two years ago, it was 339 yards, and the thing was dead within two Jesus. seconds after I pulled the trigger. And I know that because when we when we gutted it, we field dressed it, the heart was was cleaved in half. You were three football fields away? Yeah, plus a little bit more, almost You're three and a half. You're kidding me. And it was one shot. It went right through the heart, which is perfect. It was instant. My uncle, who's wow. been hunting for years, was up on a hill watching, and he said with his binoculars, he goes... That thing was dead on its feet is what they say because the blood pressure right. dropped so intently that it just, it, it oh, had no, wow. and so it just went down. Oop. But we still sat gave, there for five minutes time, with yeah. binoculars on it and scopes on it and watching. And, you know, the other thing that you're doing there is if there's a herd around it, you let the herd clear out a little bit too. Oh, you know, right. you don't have to, it's already probably been a little traumatic to be honest. Just the noise was yeah. probably really scary because they, they only hear that for, a couple weeks a year. And other than that, right. it's, it's relatively, you know, nobody's going after them. They might be going after something adjacent. Right. Um, but without getting too much further into this, I know it's it's kind of interesting to some people, but other people it really bothers. And yeah. I just, I try to be as, as humane as possible with as much respect for the game and the land that I can. And we use everything. I mean, I, I, I like I said, Ashley and I that's can the best part. give away a quarter of an elk that I kill and still eat for a year plus. I Absolutely. still have that meat from two years ago. There, we're getting down to the bottom of it, but I've got plenty. I mean, yeah. you know, it's meals. So, what's, what's your best meal to prepare with elk? Um, the backstrap. See, elk is very, very, very tough and like it's it's uh, 20 grams of protein per gram of fat oh wow so and beef is like a four to one ratio so there's not much fat in elk yeah. so the most tender cuts are the ones you want and that's going to be the back strap Got or it. the or the tenderloin but i prefer the back strap mm. you butterfly a nice back strap steak um you do it up just on a cast iron pan with olive oil garlic and capers okay you get a good little fry on the edges it's not going to brown up and crisp up like the outside of a beef steak is um, unless you, you cook it really hot, which is not a good idea because it gets too dried out at that point in time. Right. I like to cook it kind of slow, not really depend on the, the crust as much as the actual flavor of the meat. You do that up with some roasted potatoes and a salad, man. It's, I mean, it's fucking great. But the burgers, I mix the burger, which is it's basically ends up being 90% elk and 10% beef fat. Oh, so wow. it's 90, 10 lean. So I'll throw like a, like an 80, 20 or 60, 40 beef in with it and mix that together. You have some of the best burgers you'll ever fucking have. dude. Put that son bitch on a three fifty one Cleveland. You got yourself a new race time, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking funny. Dano. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right on, man. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad things are going well for you. This is this is exactly uh, what I thought would be happening with you. You know, there's there's people that you talk to and you get kind of disappointed. It's like, fuck, man, what the fuck happened to you? You know, like, I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do? Kind of thing. But then there's some people you see. It's like, fucking a. I feel like I just watched a damn good movie. You know, <laughs> like, and that and that's good to see. That's it. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. And I, I feel the exact same way because I I've I've known you for long enough to know that that's 
that wasn't going to happen to you. But after COVID, I, the, even the people that I knew that about, like the people that have yeah. never told me I've lost the passion or the people that say, you know, I can't get out of this hole or mm-hmm. I never, I, 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 you don't know what's going to happen to them after a year like COVID yeah. when they can't do what they like to do. And Absolutely. so I'm glad to see you still smiling and everything and, oh, and the course. same energy that you've always had. Well, you know, it, a lot of fucking shit has happened to me, dude. Like, well, is this National Enquirer shit, or is this like you can talk about it on the podcast? Oh, I, I could talk about it. Yeah, yeah, well, I can hear well, it. All right. Well, basically, um, let's see. Going back, uh, how far do we want to go back? Okay, so I took a break from the Atheargus and went down to Southern California for about two years when nobody saw me and everyone started ha- started having rumors that we had uh, broken up. Okay. The Atheargus, and I was working at a warehouse down in Southern California for uh for a home improvement fucking chain that is orange and uh oh lows correct oh they hated that word there <laughs> it was so fucking hilarious how much they it was like nails on a chalkboard like there was some managers that would put the hands on the ears and ah <laughs> like you couldn't say that fucking name you know but uh I was working there and I was miserable cuz then again I was without music and I was living uh, with my girlfriend at the time and it was a bad relationship i had no business being with this person yeah (laughs) and uh and it still just convinced myself made it work we were living together what the fuck was i gonna do and then one night had a dream where excuse me one of my coworkers who doesn't smoke weed in real life but he shows up and i have some fucked up dreams that i always remember i don't know what it is but i mean if we have similar brains something tells me you got some of some of them dreams yourself, you know. They stick out like a sore thumb, dude, and I don't remember any of the rest of my dreams, but those yeah. ones stick out like a fucking... They stick out like I have a problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck is the matter with me? Yeah. You know? And and so my, my coworker in my dream comes up to me. He goes, hey, fool, I, uh, I want to take you to my friend's house so you can smoke some weed with him. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. That's really cool. You. you know, you don't smoke weed, but you want me to meet your friend, go to his house. We get into this house. And I round the corner where this couch is, and it's Jack fucking Nicholson in the middle of a story. And, and I look to my coworker, and I'm like, is, is this the guy you want me to meet? He goes, yeah, fool. So I'm like, holy shit. So I walk around, I'm like, hey, Jack, I'm Dano, you know, nice to meet you. He goes, you thirsty? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I go to sit down, and he goes, fridge is over there. I'm like, all right, cool, dude. So I get up, and there's this fridge I open. There's three fridges, and I open up this first fridge, and there's like a half-eaten sandwich and like a two-liter of Pepsi in there. I'm like, okay, that's Jack's fridge. I'm not touching anything out of there. He took a couple bites out of a sandwich, and guest came over. Now he's got to do cocaine and, you know, fucking hang out with people. <laughs> so then I uh, open the second fridge, and there's like wall-to-wall juices and waters and shit like that. I'm like, okay, not beer. So I open up the third one all these beers so i'm like i, I grabbed a bud light because i was the can color that there were most of i didn't want to take anything that was, there was like only six or something like that i wanted what what the regular people drink right. you know and a lot of it yeah because i mean what if i get thirsty and i want another one you know at least i know that there's another one there and i'm not taking away from anybody and with domestic beers once the first one goes back just all bets are off yeah yeah just don't pee yeah and how, you're fine right how many of them do you want how many do you have how many do you yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes so I go back and I sit down and I'm, as obviously you can see, I'm a huge Lakers fan. And uh, I sit down with him and he, we're passing this bong back and forth. And we're talking about everything from life, the Lakers, like all the greats in basketball. And then someone breaks his bong, which I'm like, 
I have to fix this. I'm a guest in this house and I'm going to get blamed for it. It's going to be somehow my fault. I have to make this right. And then another coworker just barges into the house and goes, dude, second shift is here and they want to fight. I'm like, you guys want to fucking do this now, dude? Like I'm hanging out with Jack Nicholson trying to fucking figure out the meaning of life. You know, I got the Lotus flower in my fucking hand and you guys want to do this now? Let's go stomp these motherfuckers and make this fast because I got some hanging out to do. So I go outside and the fucked up thing is I can see everyone's face and there's everyone from second shift because you see them when you're passing when your shift ends and they show up. So we're, I see everyone's face and we're right about to brave heart the shit out of this dream, dude. Like we are, we are wall of deathing it and we're getting close and someone grabs my fucking arm and I hate that shit and I jerk my arm and I look over, it's Jack and he goes, you want to go for a walk? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yes, yes, I would. So I fucking, I go on this walk with Jack Nicholson and that's my chance. I get to ask him something. Like I have a feeling where I get to ask anything in the fucking world. So I'm like, how do you do what you did in the movies and, and your name and make it Jack Nicholson? Like, how do you do that? And, and be one of the greats. How do I be one of the greats? And he goes, with no hesitation, he giggles and he goes, you just got to be there and do it. You can't force yourself to do it. You can't make yourself do it. You can't train yourself to do it. You have to be there and do it. And it fucking blew my mind. It's like a line from a Jack Nicholson movie. Like, it, I mean, it no is- shit. And I, and, and I, and when I tell you, I hadn't thought about Jack Nicholson in at least fucking one year. I hadn't speaked his name. I hadn't thought about him. Like there was, he fucking manifested it in my goddamn dream somehow, some way. And, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm not that religious. I'm very spiritual, but there's something in me that says that if there was a God, that motherfucker probably would have came down to me as Jack Nicholson in the dream and said some shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how the motherfucker would work. If, if I had any view of what could be anything, you yeah, know? So, yeah. So it blows my mind, and then we're walking towards this amusement park, and and I can already tell it's Jack's Jack's place. This is his place where he doesn't take people. He goes there. He doesn't take anybody. So I'm, I, I've, I've asked the question for him not to, you know, end the date right there and say, well, fuck your walk, go fight, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, we, get into, we get to this gate, and mind you, he's still talking, but I'm like, okay, I'm putting two and two together, and I – really don't care for roller coasters and uh i uh i'm thinking about how i'm gonna tell him after being so thankful and giving me this information i'm thinking about how i'm gonna tell him i i don't like roller coasters so he's still talking but i'm thinking about this like we were talking about the the sitting in the car listening to the song and thinking about being in this moment and right and you know stuff like that so all of a sudden he stops talking he goes you're gonna hit the button so we can go through and I hit this button and this gate opens and he sits in this fucking roller coaster car and he goes, well, you getting in or what? And I go, Jack, I don't know how to tell you this, but I, and I fucking woke up. Oh no, you, you fucked up your own dream. So what happened was I was so scared. Oh, I sounded like Van Damme. I was so scared. <laughs> You have to be doing the splits. Yeah. <laughs> suck security's dick right now. <laughs> I want to suck his dick. That's it. 
Boy, you want to talk about cocaine? That's that's Van Damme, right? That's yeah. Fucking a, <laughs> fucking a. Yeah, Chris Chris Delia, the D apostrophe Leo, or yeah, whatever. However, the, yeah, thank you. He's he's so fucking right about that. I cannot see Jean Claude Van Damme the same way after seeing that video. And he's like, he looks like he has like the darkest sexual fantasies. Like, oh, dude, and it's like you look at the guy, and as a fighter. You think facial injuries probably came from fighting, but not that guy. Whatever he's done to his face has all come from what he's put inside of it. Botox, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... it's, it's and I heard he had, like... I mean, he didn't have, like, an Artie Lang nose, but he had a pretty bad one from what I what I understood. So. Years of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, you were so scared that so you I was woke so, yourself up. No, no, I was so scared that I stopped listening to anything else he was saying... And it prevented me from learning any more valuable things I could have possibly learned, all because of fear. And then I, when I go to break it to him, it's like he didn't even give me a chance. He's like, no, fuck you. I'm out. Roller coaster's going. Bye. Wow. Uh, you got everything you needed to know off of that. Well, you, whatever you could take. It was like drinking from a fucking fire hose. You know, when you get that kind of information. Ever since then, it changed my perspective. But then I've done some acid. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? I hear that that'll change your perspective, too, from Holy time to time. shit, especially when you think one of your best friends is the angel of death, and they send him down to fucking take you. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, it went real sideways. Did you... Well, is he okay? We call it the rear naked, naked choke. I was naked, and I tried to choke him out because I thought he was the angel of death, and the only reason why I stopped was because I didn't see an ice sword or a fucking sickle come out or any powers or anything like that. And then I had a brief moment of clarity where I was like, holy shit, I'm on acid naked choking out my best friend. And, yeah. and I let up. And, like, it's so weird to think about how that changed both of us and our relationship as friends because a lot of people would have said, there's something fucking wrong with you. Bye. But the circumstances that were happening at the time, I was watching over an illegal, like a gorilla grow. Oh, for like, wow. Like 54 plants. My grandfather had just died. That's so you're just high stress. You just weren't so, in a place where you should have been doing acid probably. Yeah. And and the fucked up thing was, he goes, because we, we had this Bluetooth speaker and we were watching the sunrise. He goes, you know that song you made fun of? We're going to listen to it right now and it's going to be your favorite song. Oh, he was right. to the point where i was like oh shit he knows he knows i would have liked this song and it's so beautiful but i made fun of it and now it's like like a hint of what's coming and then i look over and he's wearing a hoodie he's wearing like this mastodon hoodie that has the emperor of sand on the back so it's a skeletal skeletal face with a crown and garb and and just looks real angel of deathy and that just gets implanted in my head while i'm listening to this song i'm like well i'm gonna die uh i guess i don't need this anymore and i take my clothes off and then i start free peeing where i'm at trying to let go of my body and, and we're overlooking all these plants that have like trellis i don't know if you know what trellis is but uh, isn't that the stuff that's all over the top of them? Correct. Yeah. The, the netting? Yeah, the netting. So it's it's like covered there, and there's no walking through like anything like that. So I I look over, and, and, and then I'm coming to this realization, and then my friend looks over at me and goes, you want another beer? You want another cigarette? I'm like, motherfucker's just being polite, but I'm, in my mind, that's not what I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm hearing, you want another thing that brought you here closer to me? 
God, you're like you're you're scaring me right now. So then I stand up and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And my friend's like, what? And he's got his hood up too, so it doesn't make it look any better. And I go, I'm ready to go. And he, and he goes, what do you mean? And I go, yeah, sun's coming up that way, so that means we walk that way, right? That's where the gates of heaven are. I don't say gates of heaven, I, you know, because that would be dumb. That would be redundant. You're dealing with the angel of death here, idiot, and you're going to fucking die. All right, sun's that way. Well, that would mean I would have to walk through this weed field with trellis. So he goes, no, 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 you can't go that way. Well, he meant you can't walk through the trellis, you naked idiot. <laughs> That's not what I heard. Right. You weren't hearing anything he was saying at this point. Correct. <laughs> I heard you can't go that way. You got to go the, the other way. The other way. Right. And that freaked me out. My body went cold, which gave me a bad jolt and thinking, oh, here's the process. Here's how it happens. You go cold and then he fucking pulls out his ice sword or his goddamn sickle and he comes fucking reaping of your soul, you know? <laughs> so... I start walking away while I was taking care of the grow dude's fucking pit bull that was a mountain lion of a pit bull and had his ears cropped. So the sun hadn't quite been out yet. So there's a shadow of this fucking dog on a leash that has these pointy ears. So I'm like, okay, so you're telling me I got to cross the hound of hell or I got to fight the angel of death to get out of this at all. So I turn around and I go to my, my friend and, I, and I'm like, all right, this ends now. And he goes, what the fuck are you talking about? I go, you know what the fuck I'm talking about? And I push him. And then that's when I got him in the rear naked, naked choke. And the rest is history. I'm just going to write that down as the, the worst acid trip in history. Man. I, like I, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it, man. Just as much as I learned from that Jack Nicholson dream, I learned so much more about myself after that. And, and just what do you really want to know? about yourself you know like what do you really think i mean there's all these times that we sit in front of people and we put on this fucking mask no matter if you think you are or not you know how many people are going to go on a podcast and talk about this kind of shit you know what i mean yeah not many but i mean it's like that's i've realized through that that's why i said a whole lot of shit's gone down i got a fucking blood clot dude like that's in my leg as we speak Really? Yeah. So when you tell me about your high blood pressure, I worry about you. you well, I'm, I'm medicating. I have been now for a few yeah. months. What did they put you on? Uh, lisinopril. Okay. I, I'm on uh, Paxipan. Yeah. And it's funny, dude, because this, I know so many people from this group of people that yes. we used to be around that are on blood pressure medication Yes. Right well, now. yeah, I'm on blood thinners. Blood thinners, you know, yeah. yeah same, something like that for Correct. your heart. Correct, for, for your heart, blood, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was doing trips to go take care of my mom and help her out with her dad, and... Uh, excuse me and um she lives in arizona so i was driving out there because i wasn't taking planes you know in the middle of covid and shit like i i must have looked well i didn't quite look like you know space suit getting out of the car to gas up or anything but i mean i'd I'd pull the napkins out and not touch anything that everyone's touching and Mm -hmm. and making sure i'm not touching my face even though i smoke cigarettes and shit like that you know but right um i had been I, i don't get out of the car unless I'm at a gas station. Like, so I'm going 400 miles at a time, you know, sitting down and then resting at rest areas, just putting my seat back and not even getting out and stretching. So that's how I developed a DVT, deep venous thrombosis. Oh, man. In in my left leg. And the only reason why I knew is when, and this happened when I came back in February, I thought it was a muscle strain. And I was like, and I gave it two weeks. When I told the doctor that he flipped out, he goes, you went two weeks with this fucking blood clot in your leg, you know? 
And the only reason why I knew is because I had uh, done some drinking the night before. And I was like, all right, you know what? If it doesn't get any fucking better by tomorrow, I'll go to the hospital. Fine. You know? And I woke up, and the pain was no longer right behind my knee. It had shot up to the inside of my thigh. So I'm like, okay, looks like I'm going. And I could barely walk, too. Halfway closer to your heart. Yeah. Or or lungs. Yeah. You know? know? So uh, I was like, okay, I'll go. And uh, they they put an ultrasound thing to me, and they said, oh, yeah, you have a reasonable size blood clot, right? What you said. And the guy who did my ultrasound goes, you know, you're a very astute human being. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And he goes, well, you know, I, I, judging by the way your legs barely swelled, I didn't think you really had a blood clot in there. So in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is that your fucking way of telling me you were wrong, you bastard, dude? Like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? Cancel my copay, <laughs> yeah. god damn it. And I don't have shit at the time. You know, I don't have insurance or anything. And luckily, I got on, on uh, the organ health plan. But good, good. Yeah, which, which was hilarious because I put in the information wrong online. And it said I was making like fucking two hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> They're like, "Sorry, we're not helping you." Like, no. Why are you doing this multiple times? Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you keep asking us? Is this some kind of sick joke? <laughs> oh, it's fucking crazy, man. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that you made it through all of that without either, uh, you know, horrible body injury, bodily injury, or or jail time or something. I mean, you know, you never know what could happen in that fight, right? Fuck, man, give me time. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. But you, you know? said it changed your relationship with that guy. I want to. I want to go back to that. Yeah. Are you guys still friends? You still hang out? Anything like that? Or did he? Did he kind of bail? Pretty on it a fucking bit? close. Like, really? yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's just there was just some about it because we were talking about it. And he says, you know what? One of my biggest fears is drowning or being choked. And he goes, honestly, in some weird way, I kind of got to thank you because you no, helped him deal with it a little bit. I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah. Stay tuned while we grab a refill. The man room continues next. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marcus here in the man room, and I just wanted to check in real quick and tell you all thank you so much for listening to the program. We've got this first chunk of episodes. Uh, They've been great. I've had so much fun doing this, and I've got some great feedback from you guys. I do want to let you know that if you have any feedback, if you have a guest suggestion, if you want me to do something different or answer a question, you can always get a hold of me by sending me an email, themanroompodcast at gmail.com. Another thing I've got to ask just because it's part of the game Please, if you want the show to grow and you want the show to do bigger and better things and and get uh, even more interesting guests than we've already had, go ahead and hop over to the website and just donate whatever you can to the show. Even if it's 15 cents, it'll go towards my next cup of coffee. Uh, We're always looking to upgrade the show. We're looking to get new hardware, new software, things that will make it better for you and a better experience all around. We appreciate every single cent of it that has ever been donated, and uh, I will always follow up any donation uh, with a personal message and thank you. So thank you for listening to The Man Room. Thank you for supporting it. Go donate at the website, www.themanroompodcast.com. Let's get back to the good stuff. Why don't you give your horse a break and ride your old lady while listening to The Man Room with Marcus Bridges? (laughs) And it's so weird to think about that that aspect where it's like, I've thought about this. Who are your friends and what the fuck are they to you? Are they just some people that you hang around with and you just laugh? Are they people that you can share stuff with? Like, and and it made me think about it because I hear about people that go to the fucking therapy and it's like, man, I got, 
I got therapists all around me if I really fucking want them because, I mean, I want people to know who the fuck I am, like the ones that I'm close to, because I want to know who the fuck they are. Because yeah. I know how hard it is for someone to say, hey, man, I'm not okay. Rather it be pride, rather it be anything that you got going on in your life, you know? Right. So it, it's just something where where as much as, as I've in it, and how the fuck do you go back from saying, dude, I'm sorry I got naked and tried to choke you out? You know? <laughs> It's, it's a pretty deep bond, deeply forged. Like, you, you, you just don't send a, a fucking fruit basket and flowers, you know? You don't you don't ask for an address to send the postcard, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like you're indebted to that person for fucking the rest of your life. Hello, edible arrangements? Do you have what I'm sorry yeah. I got naked I, I, and sorry, choked you? I'm sorry I got you? naked and choked you out on acid. acid? It's like I feel like that have yeah, grapes I, in it. I thought you were the angel of death. Yeah, it's got to have grapes. Can you have the grapes maybe? Yeah. I don't want them to have choke them. because yeah, they're choking, choking hazards. Choking hazards and shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not anything like that then, yeah. you know? Soft blueberries maybe? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you some, kind of yeah. Mush up. Kiwis. <laughs> For God's <laughs> sakes, no watermelon. No please. watermelon, please. <laughs> and no acid yeah, either. Absolutely. Oh man. Well, but, you know, it's it's interesting you say that, man. I think about that, and I have a very close group of friends that you know I went to college with, and they're the guys that come back and watch football games. And yes. One of them I even went to high school with, and I feel like. Any time of any day, I could pick up the phone and call those dudes, and those are my therapists right those there. Those are your I people. And Absolutely. And that's what a fucking friend is. I'm yeah. tired of, of this this pretentious way of thinking that you need fucking people on Facebook and, and how many numbers you have to fucking tell you how many friends you have. Right. And also, the value of a Facebook friendship is not even close to a real person-to-person huh. -person bond. I'm pretty sure you noticed my profile picture is still Kip Jordy, and I only got three friends on fucking Facebook. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I deleted the <laughs> fuck out of it. Dude, it got people pissed. Like, oh, yeah? because yeah, I just kept on friending people. One day, I had had enough, and I just went through my Facebook, and I deleted everyone. It took about five shits and, <laughs> and sitting, you know what I mean, like yeah. with your phones, and then all of a sudden, my phone locked me out of doing that on Facebook because it thought I was a fucking bot. Really? So now I still have people that are like showing up saying, oh, you're friends with this person. Not anymore. <laughs> but but it's it's definitely gotten some people pissed off. You know what the funny thing is, is when they come up and they go, dude, did you unfriend me on Facebook for like that thing that I said about you that I didn't think would get back to you like six months ago? Oh, nope. Jesus, but yeah, man. The answer is no, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, this is why, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I mean, I didn't know that. Right. But for yeah. fuck's sake. But people. hey, I mean, if people are going to share their true colors with you, by and, all means. And that's how it fucking happens is yeah. you doing something like that. Well, then. Psh, uh, yeah. Right. I'd rather know that about you sooner uh, rather so than later. Fucking literally. You know? Yeah. You, and, and in some and, ways you almost got to thank them. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is like that to me, I've had, I mean, some of my best. Some of, I mean, my wife one time shut her Facebook down like weeks before I even noticed. And then yeah. I was like, Hey, how come we're not friends on Facebook anymore? You, you pulled know? the Randy like, Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, I shut it down a few weeks ago. I just forgot to tell you. And she's like, I just got yeah. sick of it. You know, I got sick of always pulling it out and kind of feeling God. like she was addicted to it. And I, you know, that right there told me, it's like, okay, I think I'm in at least a better spot than people that are competing for numbers like that. Because my own wife shut down her profile and right. I, it didn't it, first of all I didn't notice and second to me it was kind of like hey why aren't we friends on Facebook like I, right. it was kind of a funny thing like I figured she was going to have a joke behind it is yeah, what absolutely. I thought I was like oh uh, you you know you pissed me off the other day when you were talking to such and such so I just blocked you I thought that was what was going to come out and she's like oh shut it down yeah, I was just like, shut yeah. it down I, okay well I don't even feel like I didn't even feel it then because the personal connection to me is everything it oh, has absolutely. nothing to do with her online profile I mean yeah exactly you know and and especially during a year when we weren't allowed to be in a room together mm. like we are right now mm -hmm. by most municipalities, 
um, dude, that type of the, the personal bond, you have to rely on the text messages and the phone calls to keep that up or the Zoom calls because if that deteriorates, you might end up stuck in that social media well where you think that is where your friends are. You, yeah, absolutely. And you go to that for your for that dopamine hit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like, what are we going to talk about? You know, because it's like I already saw all your fucking updates. Exactly. You if know? you saw my update today, you'd know that I was still being bitter about uh, a Eugene Weekly award that they gave us, and then the write up that they put in there. Really, it was really backhanded, and they were they were just dicks about it because they didn't oh, like boy. our show. You know, but. That like I I kind of use it like that. Like if you saw that today, you wouldn't have a shit's clue about what I'm doing today. Like of oh, course right. I promote the podcast and everything on kind of an ongoing. This is what I'm doing. But my main problem with being good at promoting myself on social media is that I don't feel like what I'm doing in a given day is important enough for me to to be like, hey, it's over. Hey, I took my dog for a yeah. walk. You know, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. you see, a bike ride, it's the same as every other bike ride you went on. We don't need a selfie. And yeah. I don't have the right mindset for it. I'm a millennial by by age only. I, I literally feel like I'm more of whatever they are above me. Like, I think it's Gen X or Gen something X, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because I get the technology. I can use the technology. I can definitely, I'm smart enough to navigate it and figure shit out. Right. But I don't have this inherent need to just tell everybody what I'm doing all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't need a fucking selfie every fucking few hours. You know what I mean? It's really weird to me, but I, you know, I also, I mean, look, it was when we were doing the donkey show, that Facebook page had 20,000 followers. Yikes. I mean, that to me is, is huge. And you've got people out there now with half a million, two million, ten oh million. Oh my God. Like, Some of them for just doing weird ASMR shit. You exactly. Know? <laughs> and how do you, but how do you handle that if you're that person? You th- you got to yeah. think you're the tweaker sitting at the slot machine and your there head's about is. to blow off. Yeah, you know? yeah. What's a real connection at that point to these people? You know what I mean? Like, that, there's all these things that I think about. And then that is when I fucking unplugged and I said, fuck this. Yeah, good. And then, and then, you know, another thing is just like letting things be, letting time take care of stuff. You know, like we're all going to fucking die one day, you know? So it's just a matter of how it's going to happen. Like you can watch after yourself and do everything you can in life. And then bam, someone runs a red light and fucks your whole world up. And then, and then nothing else ever comes of it. Like all that shit that you were going to do, all that shit that you were saving, all that stuff that, you know, and it's pristine packaging means nothing anymore. Like when I was visiting my mom, I had, uh, come out from a bar and all of my shit was stolen out of my car and my, my window was busted. Dude. And it was my fault for leaving that shit in there like an idiot, but it was so late that I didn't want to keep the door open, wake up my mom. She has this fucking dog that barks to no end every time the door opens. So I was like, fuck it. I'll keep everything in my fucking, in my car. I had all my fishing gear in there and a PBR backpack. I had all, all my good disc golf discs where we're probably about in total about 10 of them. Some of them were like first run and real hype beast shit that I fucking wound up getting my hands on. And then a coat that my dad bought me when he thought that I was going to be moving to Australia after the whole fucking fantasy factory thing. And I was like, fuck it. I'm, I, I, I'm getting this royalty money in. So I'm going to, I'm going to move to another fucking country. Fuck, fuck this. And Australia was just, I just pretty much in my head, put a fucking dart to a, to a map. And you and you landed on the place where every animal in on the face of the earth at that place wants to kill you. Nine to one female to male ratio. And, and they love the American <laughs> accent I hear too down it's, there. The Australian females love because so, you know they they get sick of listening to to the Australian accent because that's all they hear a lot of. The and times. I wa- and I wanted to bartend, so I mean oh, like like you would've, I, I would have paled it in, dude. Jesus. And then if I would have found a, a band or moved Aaron down there or did something with Aaron, you know. Anyway, so the, his a jacket he bought me. 
and was just like, for my dad to buy me something like that was his way of saying, you know, I'm not always going to be there with you, but I'll be able to, you know, provide you with some warmth if I can by, by getting you this. Sure. So something that meant a lot to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I put all of my fucking Lakers pins in one of the pockets because I'm a pin collector as well. God and, damn it. And I had my fucking weed in there. It's and like then, everything you do to escape. Your fishing pole, your discs. Absolutely. Your pins. And absolutely. Your weed. Yeah. Everything. And you were going through a real tough time then, too, because you're, you're helping your mom with one of your grandparents that oh, was yeah. in bad health. And, and then there's some National Enquirer shit that I can't, can't talk about. Sure. But, Understood. But, but we'll, we'll, yeah, it, it definitely didn't make it any fucking better. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I so bet, I dude. come out of this bar, and there's a guy that's with his girlfriend making out in their, by their car. And I come around the corner, and they're like, oh, you own this car. Dude, someone bashed your window and took your shit. I was like, which way did they go? They went that way. What they look like? It was like a Mexican dude with a baggy white shirt and baggy pants. And I was just so fucking heartbroken about everything that was taken that it didn't even cross my mind that those motherfuckers might have been the ones that took my shit. You think now, looking back Now, on it? in retrospect, dude, like, I didn't even bother looking at inside of their car or anything. And they were just a little too... Comfortable. Comfortable with the situation and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and then, and then I asked what they look like and guy kind of shook his head and shrugged his shoulders and then just said it nonchalantly. Like super vague description that could be describing really. anybody yeah, walking down no, the street. He could have looked behind me at some dude who just walked out of the bar and looked like that. You know? Right. Right. So I just, I, I had to let go. Like, did I file a police report? Yes. Did I, did the fucking officer that came out share the last name as my mom, ironically enough? Yes. Did I have to piss like a fucking racehorse? Yes. Like, and then I'm like, of course all this stuff would happen. Like, it's when you do acid and then the phone rings and it's your dad calling and you can't dodge this call because you dodged him five times and, and you have to answer it, but you're peaking and everything's just happening right now. And you're like... Why is ha everything happening right now? <laughs> like, of all times for everything to happen, it has to be now. Right now. So I, I fill out the police report, and I feel so fucking foolish, man. I should have been putting on clown makeup because it's like, sure, you guys are really going to be looking for half of the shit that I'm trying to describe to you in a police report. Yeah. You Dude, know? it's in, I've had that happen before, and I actually, I think the most... Uh, like the most disconnected and sad I felt about it. I, I was golfing a lot and my dad had bought me <sighs> golf lessons oh. and I had three golf lessons. He'd, he'd spent a hundred bucks on three golf lessons for me. And between the second and third lesson, my clubs got stolen out of the back of the focus. And uh, I called the cops. They came down there. I was sitting there with the lady. She was great. She took down all the information and I said, so you know, I'm a college kid. Like, I'm not buying another set of golf clubs. I don't have that kind of fucking money. <laughs> Did you pull the big Lebowski? So, uh, <laughs> you, like, you find many of these missing golf clubs, ma'am? <laughs> That's what I asked her. I was like, so, uh, wh like, what can I do? And she's like, I mean, you can go look at pawn shops for sure. She's like, you want to go around and look at pawn shops? I found shops. out that pawn shops hate that. Oh, yeah. They really don't like you being in because, there for that. Because be they, they it's basically calling them their integrity into question right now. Or if it happens to come in, they're like, nope, can't take any of that shit because I yeah. just had someone fucking call in and I don't want the fucking heat showing up here. Right. Because there's more in there that they don't want to explain. Absolutely. But she told me that I could go look for it. And I was like, okay, well, what are you guys going to do? And she goes, look, you're a nice kid. And I just right. have to tell you this. You're on campus right now. We're on yeah. 16th and Mill. There's nothing that gets stolen within a 40 block radius that gets found for the most part. And there is nothing more helpless feeling 
than hearing that from a fucking officer. Yep. The person that's supposed to be there that's to help. That's supposed to be there to help is just there f- as a formality to, to pat you on the fucking head and go, sorry, kiddo, your stuff's gone. Yeah, make you feel better, basically, for a, for oh, a moment. Just my because God. They're there to placate you, essentially. I fucking yeah. hate that feeling, man. Yeah, and I, you know, the thing is, is it's not like... You can't blame that beat cop for it because they're nope, not the, really, they're really not the can't. beginning of the in, or the end of the problem. They're just Correct. in uh, they're in a in a system that that predetermines that this is probably going to happen, especially in a college town, right? You know, and so it it's such a bad and it adds to that feeling of like this was my thing. Like I thought I was getting better at golf to a point now where I'm actually going to go out and enjoy it. And yeah. fortunately, I was able to make something happen, and now golf is one of my favorite things to do. So I know that, you know, this is all in the past and behind me, but that feeling when somebody takes your shit that's important to you is one of the worst. I mean, I've been through breakups that I thought I was going to marry that oh, woman my and God, didn't yeah. hurt as bad as, as when Absolutely. you go through that feeling. You feel completely, like, just small, and it's like, fuck it, why fucking try to save anything ever again like this jersey i thought i was never gonna wear it and i was just gonna like frame it or something or you know what i mean but i'm like no fuck it i'm gonna wear this damn thing yeah you know it, it, and lord help me if i ever had fucking uh figures that were that were sealed like, no we're opening them up i'm taking a bath and i'm taking them with me <laughs> <laughs> we're know? playing transformers in the tub straight up dude i got the swimming donatello <laughs> man there ain't nothing you can do to stop me Fuck you, fifty dollar eBay buy it now option. You know this is this is mine. So I got two things left here. And by the way, I, I'd like to ask people this sometimes. Yeah. Without looking at your phone, how long do you think we've gone? I want to say we've gone probably oh, everything that we've talked about. Uh, oh, pushing the hour mark, hour fifteen. Pushing the hour mark, hour fifteen. We're pushing hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah. That's why you know it's a good conversation. If it feels that much shorter than what it actually is, oh, then definitely. that means that time's flying. So I, that's just a little game I like to play. Yeah, that's right. I only prepared one thing for you. Well, actually, two things, but one clip today. And so, oh yeah. Um, All right. Got what, what do you got for me? There. So I had. Do you remember uh, a guy by the name of Bill London? He works at uh, KPNW, the conservative talk radio station here in town. You might have run into him. He was old curmudgeon that was down at the very end of our hall. So if you pass right past the KFly uh, studio, you would get down to the corner there, and that was KPNW. That kind of sounds... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shorter dude, shorter dude. Yeah. I used to work for him part-time yes. before I would come into the donkey show. Yes. Um, really nice guy. Great, it, probably one of the most down-the-middle dudes that I've ever heard on a on a talk a conservative talk station, especially. Mm. Um, and uh, he's a host of The Wake Up Call. I had him on the podcast. We're talking about all sorts of different shit, and he just kind of steps in and he goes, "Can I tell my favorite donkey show story?" And I hadn't, I hadn't prompted him at all. And he proceeded to tell like a ten-minute-long story that was just roll on the floor funny that has to do with the atheists. Oh shit! And I have a clip here for you to listen to uh, because I thought it was the funniest fucking thing because of the subject matter. Now. One thing okay. to understand before we get into this is that Bill, I, I kind of cut some of this out, but Bill makes a really good point in that when you talk management meeting in radio, it's a much different management meeting than your local carpet sales office, okay? There, oh, boy. There are things that get talked about in a management meeting at a radio station, especially a radio station that employs a bunch of guys that do a show called The Donkey Show. Okay. Um, they have to talk about things that you normally wouldn't hear. So I want you to imagine this. This is in our boardroom with the big table, and this is our GM talking to Carl, who you're very familiar with. Carl oh, Sundberg, Sparkling Carl. Who was our program Sparkling director. Sparkling Carl. Carl, who has also been on the podcast. It's been a long time. Here's the, uh, here's the clip of what Bill had to say on the Man Room podcast. 
he looks at Carl and he goes, Carl, uh, I thought that we were pretty clear on the idea that before any stunts were going to be happening on the donkey show, that they were not only supposed to go through you, but they were supposed to go through me. And now my ears are perking up because I'm like, obviously something didn't go through him. And I look over at Carl and Carl is shrinking. And Carl is my friend. And Carl's starting to shrink. And and uh, yeah, yeah, we did have the agreement. So what the hell was that crap yesterday going on on the donkey show? I don't recall that going through me. Now my curiosity is really peaked. Because you want to know what we did. I want to know. <laughs> and Carl's like, well, you know, they did go through. They told me. Well, why didn't you say something to me, God damn it? Well, I just, I, I, I thought that, you know, um, it, it would be under control. Bullshit. You are supposed to come to me and tell me any time that they are doing a goddamn stunt. At this point, everybody is sort of like staring off like they're not in the room. My first natural inclination is, what the fuck did they do? So I just, I, I just go, excuse me. I said, I, you know, just for clarification, can somebody please explain what it is that we're actually talking about here? Carl looks at me and goes, well, um, we have this guy that's, uh, on the show, he's from a local band, and and uh, he came in and and asked us if we wanted to show if we wanted to see him do a trick. <gasps> well, can you be more specific what the trick is? <laughs> um, well, he asked us if uh, we wanted to see him set his dick on fire. It was my balls. <laughs> and, and I'm. Barely able to keep from just busting a gut. And I'm just like, and then he, he's like, you could have set the goddamn studio on fire. And I put my hand up to kind of stop him because now I'm feeling for Carl because I'm seeing what's going on here. And I'm like, well, Carl, did, I mean, did you have any way that, you know, you were going to keep, that from getting out of control. Well, yeah, we, we, um, you know, we had a plan in place in case, you know, fire got out of control. We had a couple of fucking soda cups. Okay. Okay. Yes. And he, this is what Carl says. Yeah. We're, 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 we were going to pour beer on it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, well, okay. Uh, and, and Carl's like, well, he was, he was standing over a garbage can and we, we were, we were, we were going to pour beer pour beer on him if larry he's gonna, you're gonna add an explosion there oh you're gonna put it out with fucking beer what the hell what is wrong with you know god damn it he goes this is bullshit i'm writing them up i'm writing you up and carl is sitting there and at this point i'm i get to my point where i'm fed up with him beat up on on carl and i look over at him going can i say something here I want to have, I want to give my management input. And I said, okay. I said, I'm imagining that I'm sitting on my station, a conservative talk station, and I'm doing my show in the morning. 
and somebody comes in and says, you want to see me set my dick on fire? <laughs> I am saying, fuck yeah. That's do right, it. That's Absolutely right. do it. I said, I don't give a shit whether you like it or not. If somebody says they're going to come on my show and they're going to set their junk on fire, I'm going, damn straight. Yeah. Get, get Absolutely. Some beer. Get some beer in case he can't. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. It's that time of the morning. I'm throwing coffee on it. <laughs> I said, I'm saying, yeah. I said, who wouldn't? And he just and, and he just sat there. The GM just sat there and gave me, stared at me. And, and I said, I'm telling you the truth. I said, any of these other people in this room don't have the balls to tell you they would do the same thing. I am. I don't blame them for doing it. I would do the same thing. Leave Carl alone. <laughs> You're a godsend, Bill. You know that? So that is the clip, and I actually did. I cut it out, but I explained to Bill that it was actually your balls and that it was a dip thing. You had a mason jar of Everclear that you dipped, and then you would light. And we had plenty of beer to put it out. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, the the process and how how it goes down to, it's just... There's no way. We were fine. <laughs> we, we had enough beer. And the beer got drank and nothing fucking caught on fire. Yeah, like, everything was fine. It's not like you had the fucking cinder circus inside of the studio. You know what I mean? And, and bless you, Bill. Thank you so much. Like, I love that attitude so much. The, the way he describes it and everything, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, it, it was, well, the way it started was uh, we were at our friend's house and the National Enquirer, uh, what told me he was a part of the metal militia oh. and uh, he, he lives in California and we were staying at his house and he's a really cool guy, real fucking down to earth, chill dude when he doesn't drink, you know, if, if he's drunk and, and we're outside and he's got a gas fire, he'll just pull out his dick and start peeing in the fire. You know what I mean? Just, just cause. Just, just cause he feels like it. Yeah, just you cause be he in, can. In the middle of a story and then he's like still peeing and go, wow, that's really trippy dude. You know, like, well, that's just when he drinks. So he's a really great guy, though. Like, I, I love him. I got so many stories that the National Enquirer would love to tell you. Oh, about. I bet. So he just oh you just God. had to light your balls on fire for this guy. Or? So, yeah, it started. Uh, we, we had some Everclear and we were drinking and uh, my our friend goes, we're, we're on tour. And he goes, I'll give you fucking six metal militia T-shirts if you light your fucking balls on fire, dude. Like, just because out of nowhere. Or, or, you know what? You know what? He didn't say if you light your balls on fire. He said if you put it in this. And he had, like, this crystal wine gl- glass that had gold rim on it. And he filled it with Everclear. He goes, dude, you dunk your balls in this. I'll give you six Metal Militia t-shirts. That's like, free That's free clothes. Done. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> you said the wrong thing to the right ombre, dude. Like, Yeah. So I, I, I put my balls in and he goes and he grabs the chimney lighter and he goes, Okay, now it's the fun part and he starts chasing me around with that. I'm like, fuck you, dude, get away from me. You know, like that could fuck you up. Oh, yeah, right, now yeah. that can burn down a fucking house quicker than left eye. <laughs> Rest in peace. R. I. P. Queen. <laughs> 
we he mean fucking that. cheated. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, fuck you, Andre Risen. That's who it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Andre Risen's home? Yeah. yeah. Fast enough to outrun most men in the league, but not left eye. <laughs> no. <laughs> Better grab them fucking jerseys and J's or whatever the fuck you collect in there. Spawn characters. I don't know what the fuck you got. Your fishing tackle. I get your disc out. Yeah. Lots of jerseys bag. Lots of Thurman yeah. Thomas jerseys. Oh, my hope. God. Yeah. He was a badass. Can you imagine some of that shit that's like going for Buku? But like, I remember I had a pair of Jordans that my grandfather gave me. Because he didn't like them. He didn't like them at all for working out. And he just bought them because they were an athletic shoe. I wore them to school. I fucking, like, fucking thrashed those things, dude. I, I think I had to wind up throwing them away because they stunk so bad. Oh, damn. Jordan 1s. I only have one pair of Jordans that I've ever, and I, they were given to me. Yeah. Um, And I have them still in the original box. I haven't done anything no with them. Oh shit. And I've tried to sell them for the same amount as all the other Jordans that sell for five, 600 bucks. Good luck. Nobody wants them. Yep. That's They're, the difference between playing at a craps table that everyone's hooting and hollering and people that are just there shrugging their shoulders. You, you fucking know? Jordan fans out there are just pissed off <laughs> yeah, all the time. Dude, like it's, fuck hype beast them, dude. That pisses me off. If I want to use something or if I want like Kobe's Kobe shoes and that whole fucking thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Kobe memorabilia now. I mean, that's, you know, we it's were talking so about fucked up. Thurman Thomas, like Jim Kelly was teetering on that for yeah. a while where his stuff was about to skyrocket, but then yeah, he no beat killing. cancer. And now, you know, yeah. he can get a Jim Kelly jersey for a buck 309. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I gave a painting to, to our neighbor, me and my, me and my roommate's neighbor. And uh, he was like, oh man, you're going to be a millionaire. I go, yeah, when I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Well, uh, it, it, before we get to the next thing, because yeah. I only have one more thing prepared, but uh, uh -huh. was there any more to the nut story besides uh, him chasing you around? Uh, oh, right. So he, he follows me around with this chimney lighter, and then they went back inside, and they continued drinking, and I was smoking a cigarette, and I go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to light my balls on fire. So then I took out my lighter, and I knocked on the sliding glass door, and they looked over, and then they just see fucking hunk of burning love going up, man. Like... <laughs> And there was the smell of burnt hair, and that's when it kind of started. And I thought it was a one-off thing. It was like, oh, that was fucking hilarious. I'll get you your shirts. He never got me my shirts. Oh, what a dick. Well, you're, no, you I said mean, he like, was nice, it, yeah, yeah, he's a great still. dude. Like, it was like in the heat of the moment, we were all wasted. I'm not going to hold some. Hey, remember that time I lit my balls on fire for those six shirts? Yeah, I kind of need those. I just, you know I mean, what I mean? Maybe like, the next morning at breakfast, like, he has a pencil oh. peeing on the fire. You just pull him out and be like, look at how smooth <laughs> they are. Can I have my t-shirts? You see this? You see this redness? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> He's like, get out. Like, get Fuck, out. Now we don't have a place to stay on. Tour. Oh, it was cool in there on fire, you know. <laughs> so but, how many times do you think you did it? Because I know you've done it plenty oh, of times. Like yeah. you were really good at it by the time you yeah. did it on the show. Yeah, I, I did it. Uh, it was like a circus act. It was like they brought in a guy in a truck and he gets out and takes off a suit. You, you remember John Henry's when they did the amateur strip off? Uh, yeah, I wasn't there, but I remember it. Being, I've, I've done it then. Really? Yeah, and I use Zippo fluid too. So I mean, you thought you guys thought Everclear was something, dude. So did you hang hot dog too? Since it was a strip off, or did you have to? No, actually, the first time I did it, I was prepared because the lights are off. So I just kind of did the whole tuck and roll thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then you got the brain going on, right? So you're Looks like kind of like a deer brain. Yeah, like a small deer. Yeah, well, I mean, I got some. Avocado seeds going okay. on, so, so it looks a little elk. weird. Yeah, absolutely. Elk, yeah, on one side an uh, elk, uh, on, on the other side a deer. There you go. You, you don't sneak <laughs> up on it. You poke it with a stick. You know. <laughs> you gotta make sure it's really dead, or else sure. it'll fucking hurt <laughs> you gonna, and the people that you're hunting. You're gonna with. have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I, I painted Brooklyn Jays because it was against him, and I had this man thong thing I was wearing, and I painted Brooklyn Jays beard on it with a, with a circle with a line through it. And then on the third round, I, I ripped it open, and, and then I had my, my testicles there, and then I lit them on fire. But they were going through his mouth, and, and they even pointed <laughs> it out. I still lost to that motherfucker, man. Really? He's talented. Yeah, he is. Talented you know, I, I got into a, um, a drinking, kind of a drinking bet with him one time. That, that never really happened, but because it started getting scary. We, we had a uh, Jameson off is what we wanted to do. And because I was, you know, hanging out there way before the doors closed, way before 2.30. Definitely during and, normal and operating normal hours. Normal operating hours, and I was wasted. And uh, I was like, dude, Jay, you a big drinker? He goes, I could probably drink more Jameson than you can. I was like, I bet you can't. <sighs> <laughs> Once again, the wrong thing to the right ombre. Right? <laughs> so we had this bet going on that it was going to be um, the loser had to shave their beard, and the winner was going to prepare a meal with the beard hair in it, and the loser had to eat it. Didn't you guys learn anything when I had to smoke body hair that you don't play around with body hair? That's what everyone was telling us. They're like, guys, that amount of hair will fucking kill you. Well, I know if you light it on fire, it'll clear a room full of a live radio show. Oh, trust me. I've lit my balls on fire with hair plenty of times, <laughs> dude, to answer your question. I think we were into like the high double digits. Wow. Like, so you were very well versed at it because well, you didn't get hurt. I, I, mean, I thought it was, was fine. Yeah, it was, you, you know, it was like the, for adults, it's like when you put the thumb onto the other thumb and you make it look like it's separating and shit and you do the fucking Jesus tricks from Family Guy, you know, wiggle da, 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 yeah, wiggle the pen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for adults, yeah. Look, it's made of rubber. It's made of rubber. <laughs> da, 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 and then you got the two circles and then you put them together <laughs> when you go behind the head and then, oh. Da, 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 it was a party da, da. trick. It was a party trick. Yeah. So, so, um, I thought it was a one-time deal, and then uh, our buddy's mechan old mechanic died, and we had happened to be coming back on tour, and he goes, dude, my mechanic just died, man. And, um, him, him and another moto buddy were hanging out there, and I go, well, um, shit, well, would it help if I uh, lit my balls on fire with that light in the mood? And he just gives me these eyes like... Could you, you <laughs> See, know, like Bill was right. Everybody <laughs> says yes. Everyone <laughs> says, especially in a time when you need something fucked up, but funny to happen. Right. Right. You know, no wonder why ridiculous is new. Ridiculousness is doing as good as it is. Cause it's like, yeah, memes. I fucking love them. Like, yep. like Instagram fully addicted just for the memes and redheaded women that are Instagram full <laughs> influencers. Dude, with a show like Ridiculousness is one that even I you see it on MTV and it's like, for the next eight hours, we got Ridiculousness. Oh my and it's God. like, well, I guess I'm watching MTV 2 for eight hours yeah. now. I'll do it. Uh, I, it's, it's, right? It is. It's like a running meme. And it's really genius when you think about it. Yeah. You know, to have they get they get a, a guy who's really witty and funny to run the videos. They get a guy that everybody loves to host it. They get a pretty young blonde girl in there. And of they course. just let them talk about everything on the internet. I mean, it's, That's it. it's genius. There's nothing yeah. to it. And it's genius. You want to talk about residuals. What are they like? 20 seasons in now or oh something? Oh, my God. And that's all they do is just play that stuff. Yeah. Like you can't even see Fantasy Factory episodes anymore. They're just no. full-on ridiculousness. Watch, I had to look your guys' up on YouTube because I wanted to watch it again. Good luck. Um, after I found, just the, I found just a clip of it. I yeah. couldn't find the whole thing, which no is No one can. I, I always try to do that, like, when someone asks and goes, no way, that's not you, dude. You know, it's like, 
fuck, I didn't even want to bring it up in the first place, but now I feel like a dick that I have to You're fucking right. prove myself right. You yeah, know? And all you got to do, if you want to know, ask me, because I saw that goddamn drive-by metal show <laughs> more times than most people because we used it on the radio show like a weapon. It's just be like, somebody pissed us off. Go yeah. down and do drive-through metal. Go down, drive-by mobile. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so I remember one time... There was a lady that hadn't taken her Christmas lights Christmas down lights in like out. July. Yeah. And you, we just pulled you guys up out in front of her house and just did a drive by metal show. And she was out there like watering her plants. And she's like, Can you please stop with the metal? Right. And we're like, like they sent, they sent take her your son Christmas out. decorations down. Yeah. They sent her son out. And he's like, Guys, uh, my mom wants to know if like you guys could please just like stop. And we're like, yeah, dude, it's totally cool. <laughs> there is a <laughs> like, moment where you feel like a real human sometimes. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was hard to draw that line. Because, look, I, I love fucking with people, but I also don't want to ruin somebody's day. I, absolutely. I, like, I wish fucking everybody with someone, was in on the joke. Fucking know? with someone and fucking with someone is two completely different things. It's like the use of the word dude. It's like it can mean so many things. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Dude. dude. Right. Dude. Aggressive, you know, you know like yeah, anything. Like, so when you fuck with somebody in the sense of like, hey, man, I'm just fucking with you. But if you're drunk and you try to fucking fuck with somebody, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Dude. There's a line. There's always <laughs> yeah. a line and it, it yeah. crosses out. Alcohol pushes it over that line nine oh, times yeah. out of ten. Like, when oh, it goes. man, you think you're killing it. You know what I mean? And everything's just fucking funny and you're knocking it out of the park. And it's like, dude, you were a fucking raging dick last night. Yeah. <laughs> You kept pointing at this dude's pimple on his forehead and calling him fucking Cyclops, man. It was all bad. <laughs> so from that episode, you got you mentioned residuals earlier. You guys you guys were getting paid from them for a while. That's pretty cool because a little bit, yeah. We we had an ASCAP and all that all that stuff. You know, you kinda have to for speaking roles and all that. <laughs> I learned a lot of stuff through it. You know, I learned what not to do. I learned how to sneak off the fantasy factory to go smoke weed so I could be normal. Like, yeah. You know? And then another time I had to light my balls on fire. It three, four, maybe five generations of phones now deep, maybe more. Rob Deerdeck has a picture of me in broad daylight with my nuts on fire, jumping in the air, in yeah, in broad daylight at the at the fantasy factory. I wonder if it's framed on his wall. You know what he said? He didn't know how he felt about it. <laughs> Having another man's fucking sack out in the open on his phone. I don't blame you. <laughs> But probably floating around. It was so iconic, oh, though, because my feet are off of the air, you know, in the air. I'm not on the ground and Your just looks so artsy. I, my nuts are off. But it's daylight, so all you just see is testicles. You know, <laughs> you just had to be there. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a couple people do that. We were hanging out in L.A., and I was hanging out with our fucking friend, good buddy that started this whole thing. And he happened to be friends with uh, Brendan Small from Metalocalypse. Uh-huh. Love that show. So... I got about six people to fucking burn their balls with me one night. Wow. And An we ensemble. did it out of the mobile stage. <laughs> and uh, guess who had the video? This Brendan is Small? No, um, uh, our buddy. And, uh, oh. and, and he had it on his phone. So we put it, this is back when break.com was a big thing. I remember break. So it's on there floating there somewhere. Okay. So it's, it's around on something that was YouTube before YouTube was YouTube. Correct. Basically. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, he goes up to Brendan Small and he goes, dude, look what we did last night. <laughs> and the first scene you see is me and my balls hanging out on fire. So like, and then I'm like, hey, I'm Dano, big fan of Metalocalypse. <laughs> 
love your work, man. Love your work. (laughs) Can you give me some notes? (laughs) Anyway, we could be on an episode, you know. No, these are my balls. Yeah, I do great blast beats. Would you like to see me light my balls on fire again? And then my buddy just kind of casually walks off off of that, like, and just starts laughing about it and watching the video again. Like, dude, check this dude out. It's like, oh, fuck. Thanks. Can't we just stay here and hang out with this guy? Yeah, He's man. I've seen my balls. You know, God damn. Now I owe else. him a beer and a date. You know, I owe him dinner now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's, I mean, it, like, you know, we were fortunate to know you and that you weren't going into some other radio show to light your balls on fire for them. Because no. uh, the donkey show, um, that's that's where that type of behavior belonged. And, yes. and uh, when Bill told that story... I was, I mean, I was dying. I still laugh at it just as hard every time I listen to it because I just, I know the guy that he's talking about that was doing all the yelling. Yeah. And this is a dude that would shout you down in front of a whole room of people angrily and make you feel that big. And so knowing that Bill... Was it who I think it is? Did he have four letters in his name? No. Oh, okay. No, this was a, yeah, this was... I mean, I called him a lot of names that had four <laughs> letters. <laughs> yes. But uh, anyway, this is the guy that fired us all, and so okay, I don't have okay. a problem. You know, I, I if he still worked there, I might say his name. His name got mentioned in Bill's episode, so if you want to hear it, you can listen to Bill's episode. I okay, think it's cool. episode 15. Tight. Um, but one thing that I have left over, as you can see, you're sitting in the man room. Um, I'm kind of a, of a whore for nostalgic things. I'm not playing drums with you naked, dude. That's no. that's. I appreciate it. If I play drums naked, don't choke me out. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I see some keyboard duster over there, man. I'm about to lose it. Well, I saved something from the Donkey Show studio that hung on our wall for a very long time in there, yeah. and you probably haven't seen for quite some time, but uh, oh. you signed a, a drum head <gasps> for us. No way. Yeah. Take a look at that. Oh, no way. And that's actually been hanging on my wall right next to that other uh, bass drum head over there that's to your uh, to your right. You can't see it off camera, but um, that's... that's uh, that's my piece of the athearchist right there that I'll always have. You signed it for the Donkey Show. So the Donkey Show party. You can do anything you say you can. Can, don't, won't, words that chain you down to an already restricted world. Man, I must have been really drunk. <laughs> yeah, but it's still kind of but Dano-like. It's, like it, it, it very much very is. Much like, comes I, from you. Yeah, I, I 110% back my words on this. Like, yeah. I, I can't just be like, oh, that was the old me, or wow. That's, you know, it's like, yep, that's fucking Dano. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aaron, I'm drunk. Yeah, Aaron definitely put that <laughs> down in ink. So. <laughs> uh, poor Aaron, dude. Like, he would just let it all hang out because, like, he's, he's one of those guys that, like, it's not so much that he's nervous, but he's real like introvert kind of person. He's kind of uncomfortable in you know the situation. I mean? yeah. yeah. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna drink until I can't drink, and that's when I'm gonna feel okay." Because now I'm focused on drinking. I'm not focused about anything else. I don't have to overthink. It's just pretty much shutting off the brain, but the body's still alive. Sure. Yeah, and there was, I mean, he wasn't the this only is one. so cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm very glad I have I still it? have it. No. You can come over and visit it. <laughs> Now you know what kind of nostalgia whore I am. Like, oh, I, I have a death grip on some things. And it was really cool because uh, last week on the show, I was telling you, we're off mic, I had Taylor Morden on. Yeah. And he's a documentary filmmaker, and he did The Last Blockbuster. If you haven't seen it, it's okay. it just makes you want to go stand in front of The Last Blockbuster and bend. It's like the only one that's left, but they take you through that whole you know, family movie night or date night in high school or something like that. That was our generation. Like, we rented movies. Whether you did it from a Blockbuster or you did it from a gas station. Can you use a rotary phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I thought about this the other day because I saw a video of it. I was like, no shit. Imagine you're in a fucking house. Or like like now that those uh, fucking escape rooms are big. Dude, just put a fucking young person into an escape room and give them clues to a phone number. They have to fucking dial with a rotary phone. They'll dude. never they're, get out. They're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you better get them some cured meats in there. They're going to last a long time. Because oh, they're gonna my God. It. They're going to become cured meat. I can tell you about a trick on a rotary phone. You could dial 911 by when you picked up the phone off the uh, off the the hitch or whatever they call it. It had yeah. the two little things. Yeah, that the prongs. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you press those down nine times in quick succession and then once uh-huh. and then once. And that would dial 911 for and, you. And I believe they called that ATT mode back in the day. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. you if you couldn't work it, they had this uh, Radio Shack little tool that my grandparents had. And it was literally a speaker that you held up to the talking end and you dialed with the, with, with clicks. regular clicks and numbers and it would give the same clicks out that would be received and it would dial for you that way. It yeah. was like, it was pretty much what, what the internet became. Exactly. I mean, it's dude, it's, <laughs> it's text messaging. Figure yeah. it out. Oh man. Yeah. When you see those memes that have like, uh, the code for T9X. Yeah. You know what I mean? Six six six. Oh yeah. Dash five dash. Most you know of the time it says send nudes. It, send it, nudes, it's, of course. That's ninety yeah. percent of them. But yeah. I saw one that said "Okay, Boomer." <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There was a lot less wrecks because of texting back then. Because all of us, you never had to look at your screen and text. I remember it being yeah, like in your pocket. seventeen and just hammering out full text messages by just clicking the button. Pads Absolutely. And, knowing and what then it had that little nipple on five, so you knew exactly, exactly. what button you were on. Exactly. How find many times nipple, you had to hit home. it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it was you JKL know, right you, there. You say, "Oh, when you look down for a second, that's you travel the length of the football field." I was never looking down. I was cruising the gut. I got my eyes up looking for ladies. There's that's only it. two thousand people in this town. I I'm live listening in. to Lincoln Park. I'm about to throw on Manson. <laughs> See, for me, it was Blink One Eighty Two and Lagwagon. Uh, but you know, same stuff. Yeah, dude, same stuff. I was listening to some weird shit back then. Like, I mean, there was the common shit, but I mean, I, yeah. Now that I think about it, like, I would listen to Enigma. You know what yeah. I mean? And like jam out to that actually, not just like burn incense. Were you a uh oh what the hell were they called? Um mods. Don't even think prodigy. about Prodigy. Were you a prodigy, prodigy fan? I fucking love them, dude. Smack my bitch up and breathe <laughs> and the videos for I was just watching videos the other day. I was watching uh Golden Earrings Twilight Zone. And I watched the video for that. I was like, yeah. Wow, that's some bad acting, but still badass. <laughs> <laughs> the great concept. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a big prodigy fan, I'll be honest with no? you. No. No, I just I, I really didn't get the electronic thing yet. That's all back we then. had back then. That and Richard Humpty Vision and, and Bad Boy Bill. Yeah, but and, I was know. like I was way more impressed by Reggie in the full effect because it was just one dude doing it all, oh. you know. And I was also kind of an like an angsty punk rocker. I wasn't okay. hard enough to be metal. Yeah. And I, I played athletics, so it's like the metal kids wouldn't accept me anyway, you know. So it's like I kinda yeah. had to find a certain group of people. I, I my band in high school was like the most mainstream rocker dude singing, the pretty guy, you know, with the skinny jeans. No shit. And then, like, a super dark, like, eye makeup type goth kid. Like, a, another guy that was just only rancid. Like, that's all I play. Three-chord break punk. No kidding. And then a guy that we taught to play bass. We're like, here, this is a bass <laughs> guitar. You go dun-dun-dun-dun-dun when I go boom-boom-boom-boom-pop, okay? It's, like, pretty simple, and he figured it out. And he was he was another guy who's, like, a great athlete, you know, and he was, yeah. he was doing other things. But it's funny that... It was so clicky back then that the music you listened to in my school anyway kind of dictated who you hung out with, but more the person that you dressed like and looked right. like, you know? And um, 
yeah, I, I wasn't into the metal now near as or then near as much as I am now. I love metal and hardcore and all that stuff. I listen to it a lot. Like I just it it is a mood thing for me now. I okay. know what kind of mood I'm in, and if I like if I'm in a hardcore mood, I've got a hardcore playlist. If I want just like you know Slayer and and just thrash metal and fast, then I can go to that. And I I love that it expanded because I wish I mean there's a lot of it that I listened to from that era that I'm like I missed out on it because oh I was, yeah I was trying to be something rather I, than just oh my god that's. Listen. Yeah, I'm pretty thankful for that because I, thanks to my dad for that one because we listen to everything. He turned me on to bands that you can't even really like say, oh yeah, you remember that? Like Tommy Two Tone, he's got eight six seven five three zero nine Jenny, you know that kind of shit. One hit wonders that people were like, oh yeah, but my dad would pull shit out of his ass where I had never heard anyone talk about it before. Yeah. Like, my dad was the only one who knew this band existed. This band only exists because my dad knows, knows who they are. Knows who they are. He keeps buying their albums. Yeah. Keeps like sending them that, 20 bucks every year. That's it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't. Yeah, yeah. you get down with David Lindley and LX Ray O. Who? Nah, never mind, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the, oh, like Web Wilder. No, no, okay, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like the Rolling Stones. They're cool. <laughs> like, you know, but... um. Yeah, and then growing up, getting into metal, like, that's when LimeWire was around. I was, like, 18. I started listening to Pantera. But bands did something back in the day. They had these things called album covers because yeah. they came on a cassette or it came in a disc called a CD. You're sitting right in front of one, actually. <laughs> that flag, that lag wagon flag behind you is the album cover from Haas. So, yeah. So, on the inside, they would have these things called lyrics that you would read along with it when you didn't understand what the angry vocalist was saying. And were those were those written in hieroglyphics? National, well, National Graphic, uh, uh, National Enquirer, you know, information here. Right. But I think you also need National Geographic to decipher they, the hieroglyphics, Yes, yes right? you do. Well, it was actually Alien Jive. Yeah, it wasn't on the, the screen. the font so. that they call it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they would have, you know, the thank yous at the back after all the lyrics. And they would have the, the band thank yous. So the whole, as a band, the bands that they toured with and the bands that they were friends with they would give a shout out at the bottom. So that's when I started really doing my homework okay. on, on these other bands that were out there. And then I would get bored with LimeWire music being around. I was able to put words together and be like, I wonder what it would sound like for a band like Nothing Face. So I typed in Nothing Face and I was like, yup, that's exactly what they would sound like. Yeah. Hatebreed did the same thing with them. Lime, you know? LimeWire was amazing. Oh. I mean, I gave my computer AIDS time and time oh, again. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Until, until you download that one song that said Corn New Single and it was some local fucking band or something that, you know what I mean? Like yep. that one song that everyone knew and they knew it wasn't Corn, but they still played it off. Like, oh yeah, it was just burning on my fucking list anyway. So I just kept there. So whatever. It, for me, it was a song called Falling For You by I think Dynamite Boy. Okay. And it was what they did is I, I took me until like 10 years ago to know that it was by that band because they put the song in falling for you and then they wrote blink 182 fallout boy simple right. plan just every single pop punk band that you could think right. of in the band area and they didn't ever put their name in it right but everybody knew that song like it was mm -hmm. crazy they they figured out something that they could do it wasn't a bad song but it wasn't worthy of being with all those other bands that were actually accomplished you know yeah and i always remember just being like, oh, yeah, this is the song that I like, but I don't know who it's by. And then a few years ago, I was like, I wonder who fucking wrote that. And now I have the ability to look that <laughs> shit up. And now you can look that shit up. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was Dynamite Boy. I've done that with so many bands where it's like, you know, the last time I tried to look that up, YouTube only had like 5,000 videos on it. 
<laughs> so. Yeah, <dude>. <laughs> now it's like YouTube's like, it's, what do you want? It's yeah, over here. What do you want? It's over here. <laughs> you want that with or without nudity? You yeah. want, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always right. yes. Dano, I knew from uh, the the moment that we had to reschedule this thing twice and talking to mm-hmm. you that this was going to be uh, an absolutely wonderful conversation. I agree. We have uh, we've we're pushing two hours now. Actually, it's so long that my waveform isn't populating. I know it's still recording, oh, that's but I don't good. know how long we've gone. So I um, fucking warned you, man. I know you did, and I want to thank you so much for uh, giving me the time and also the flexibility to get you over here in a time that we could actually allow uh-huh. for enough time to have this conversation. Yeah, like I told you, it's my pleasure and my whole day is dedicated to you you know it's like there, there's no there's no we got to cut it here or i got other stuff to do or, or anything like that and my sole purpose was catching up with you and having it be as genuine as possible to have it for something like this because how many times you get to hear people genuinely like catching up like we're not concerned about fucking entertaining whoever's listening right now but thank you for listening yeah you know like it's mostly just being that open and honest thing that I was talking about. Like you want to know some real shit and then you can get some more real shit that no one else gets to hear. Exactly. So, I mean, and that's the premise of the show too. When I, when I reach out to people, I tell them exactly like I told you, I want to sit down, share a beverage with you and yeah. chat. let's talk about what comes up. If we want to talk and have it be directed, that's fine. I can do that. I spent eight years doing radio interviews. I know how to direct an interview. I can write down eight pages of questions and, of and have you just answer, but that's not the kind of uh, show or, or a conversation I wanted to have with someone like you who, you know, I've been fortunate enough to share the stage with and have on my program and, and see the things that you've done and be a fan of your band. I, I This bums me out. I could not find my I Support the Athearchist shirt. I think my wife stole it oh from me. Oh, my God. You have one medium. of those? It was a medium, and I don't know whoever gave me a medium. Dude, that shirt in particular was so rad because there were bands that were on Mayhem Fest that were wearing that on stage. Because like, you guys were just following them around playing in the parking lot, right? Yeah. That's like, amazing. Like, you fought your way onto that tour. That fucking heat we just had, Aaron and I were both talking about it. It's like... If we had to do that all over again, there's no fucking way we'd survive at fucking 39 and 38, man. We'd be dying. Hey, I'll tell you what, Mr. East, uh, you go ahead and do the next, you know, three, four shows. We're just going to catch a hotel room for a couple of days and you know, lounge around because we might die. We're going to bake pizzas in the uh, in the yeah. metal in the metal van because it's Absolutely. literally it's hot an oven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, dude, uh, thank you so much once again, and uh, I know are, that we're going to... Are you kicking me off? No, are I'm you, not are kicking, kicking me off. Me out? I was Is just that gonna, what's going on here? I was going to wrap up because we just broke the record. Okay. I was going to keep you on until we broke the record, and now my thing's working again. And oh, I so now see. you're kicking me off. We're not kicking you off, but I do need to end it at some point in time, <laughs> because I, there's National Enquirer shit that we need to talk about. Well, yeah, I, there is. I mean, uh, shout out to my nephew's company, if, if I can do that right now. Is of that course, okay? Please. Oh, please and thank you. He has a, him and his partner have a company called Heartbreak Harbor, where they get shirts from like goodwill and stuff and they and they do the vintage stuff and they only pick up the fire stuff you know okay but uh they got that going on you can check them out on instagram and we'll uh, also heartbreak harbor the, we'll put the link to that in the description of the podcast oh, so it'll be on please, all of thank those you. and yeah um uh, athearchists uh are really just just wait and see you know what i mean like it, if you want to follow or do anything like that i mean you can find us on spotify but like i was saying before we're a live band so uh, the uh, the more important thing would probably be uh, Aaron's brand. Yes, you know what I mean. Itchy IRBS Itchy yep. Ribs. You yep. Go into your dispensary, man, and and say what's up, man. Give me my Itchy Ribs. We're we're hopefully tentatively putting out some some kind of content for Itchy Ribs soon. Awesome. Which I will uh, leave you privy to after this. Sure. And uh, 
I will tell you right now from a, just a little personal bit, I mean, coming from somebody who managed dispensaries and spent five years in the cannabis mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. Um, I loved Itchy Ribs for the value. I really think that it's a, it's it's a one of the best priced uh, uh, pre-rolls that you're going to find out there and the best quality for that price as well. It's really good shit. I'm sure that's what we smoked on the program. Working class weed, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I, I'm going to start doing that for you know, You want a weed or do you want some weed? And the name too, Itchy Ribs. Yeah, it's itch just, yourself a little itch in your ribs. It's just too good, man. And and uh, Aaron's a great dude. I and I would love to have you guys once Athearchus is starting to do something, or if you want to come on and talk Itchy Ribs, if you want to, you know, come on again, you're more than welcome, dude. This is always going to be an open invitation. Oh, I, you know what? Speaking of which, uh, do you have any plans July 31st and August 1st? Yeah, I'll be out of town. You will. What do you got? What do you got going on? Um, there's a Big Hill Jam that our buddy. Josh Hill's putting on. Yeah. Uh, it's a motocross thing that's oh, okay. going to be going on. Yeah, but... So uh, are you guys thinking about maybe playing there? What are you even thinking? Okay, that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> I see where you're coming from here. Yeah, I have uh, I go out the last the last weekend in July every year. I get this thing with my family back where I grew up called Chief Joseph Days. It's like a rodeo. Where'd and, you go up? Uh, Enterprise, Oregon. Oh, that's right, yeah. Way up in the northeast corner of the state. And, you, and they uh, got a rodeo there? Yeah, we don't really go for the rodeo. I go up there to go out get on the lake. fucked and, up. Yeah, we drink beer like cowboys, you know, and then they have the one thing I actually do go to after the rodeo is this, it's a big dance with a live country band in a place called the Thunder Room, which where are you going to get something more redneck than the Thunder Room? That's fucking know? badass. Yeah, and so we go there and just, you know, I it's it used to be like a class reunion for me, all the people that I hadn't seen for a full year, but the the older that I get and the more that those people kind of separate from me, what I mm. find is like I really love to go back there and hang out with my parents and my sister and her her husband and their kids and just Spend time out on the lake. Like, it used to be about the party. Like, you're saying, I got to go get fucked up with all these people I haven't right. seen. Now, it's like, I still drink and everything and party, but I'm doing it with just, you know, my family and the very close-knit ones. There's a golf tournament we'll play in with my oh, dad. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and so, you know, it's it's a it's a really wholesome thing that we do every year. Uh, that's the only reason I would miss your, your concert. Okay. So, get in touch with me when the next one comes. Not only will we <laughs> plug it on whatever podcast we're doing. Nah, we're um, just going to make sure that we let everyone know that you're not going to be able to be doing anything that day. Okay, well, that's probably a good idea. We're taking Marcus with us. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that sounds through the headphones and the microphone, dude. Like, I, I wanna, do, too. I want to do this. Like, we, we should do, like, a, a man room podcast with Sam Elliott. You know what I mean? Like, hey, didn't see you there. <laughs> Welcome to the man room. You know he lives, like, right up the road, right? Yeah, does it's, he really? Yeah, he lives in Coburg. No or maybe shit. It's, maybe it might be um, uh, Brownsville. It's either Brownsville? Coburg or Brownsville. But I saw him in Market of Choice one time. I've heard that he frequents there. He does, and uh, he does not like it when people talk to him. I saw him get no kind of like, short with a woman and just be like, I don't want to take any pictures and walk out, which you can understand. He's grocery shopping, for God's sakes, and he's a huge star. Dude, I've watched him die in too many fucking movies to pull that shit, dude. I got to <laughs> thank that guy because he's cool. And then he's the fucking voice for like beer and trucks and- Bowsky. Everything, dude. He's the man. Yeah. It, here's the thing. I think that that's the right mindset to have. If you see a celebrity walk up and be incredibly humble and say thank you, I love your work. Absolutely. I love your things. There's a lot of people that just go, "Can I have a picture?" No He's, shit. You know, and it, have a little tact. Is I mean, all I well, say. I mean, I can understand if it was Pee Wee Herman, right, or someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if or, or like fucking Weird Al, right? And Weird Al, by the way. Super awesome dude, Fucking and would bitchin'. definitely take a picture with you. Absolutely, such a nice guy. Like he'll he'll sacrifice being late. Well, I guess I'm gonna wait until the next bus. You yeah. know, kind of guy. You know. <laughs> yeah. But then you got Sam Elliott. There. 
Get away from me, dude. Well, we were in line behind him, and so I took a picture of his boots. Because oh, he kept, my he God. Kept, he kept quartering back towards us like he was going to catch me, and I was like, you know, he's, you're sitting there with a the phone. like He's, he's going to give you a horse kick like right. a true cowboy. Just. <laughs> he, did have, he, did, he had shit kickers on, man. I mean, put a hole in your chest with those things. So I just took a picture of his boots. I don't have it anymore. But when wow. I do see you, Sam. I mean, when, when's, the la- when's the last time you looked at your photo album? I was like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking look at that last time that I looked. I got Sam Elliott's boots in my in my gallery, you know. I got this guy I met one time at my TV show with his balls on fire. I don't well, know. I, well, I mean, there's me that's fucking with fish that has pictures of them in his phone. You know what I mean? This is one that I really fucked with. Yeah. <laughs> I walked this one all the way up to the street, made a look at the road. We got cars, bitch. We have cars. <laughs> now you see that lure? <laughs> you see that fucking lure? I want you to tell all your friends about me. Well, Marcus, I am so glad to see things are going well. We should probably go read some National Enquirer, maybe cut a promo or something for the show. You know, do Absolutely. Some Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for your hospitality. I really love your Room of the Man persuasion. Thank you. It's really awesome. It's friend to all people, non-binary, male, yeah. female. We're and, good to and go. You, know you can come up here. I was just going to say, any of my contacts that I have in my phone or anyone that I've, I've said hi to at a party once, if I can fucking call in any kind of favor with anybody to get them in here for you, by all means, dude, my people are your people. Dude, thank you so much. I Absolutely. really appreciate that, man. Yes. And uh, you are a forever a friend of the man room. Like I said, this won't be the only time that we do this no. so long as the podcast persists and, uh, yeah. you know, the good man willing or the good spirit or whatever we call it, you the know, dude. the dude willing. <laughs> We shall abide. <laughs> I can't stop doing Samuel. I'm sorry. All right. I'm just, I'm just so stuck in it. Uh, that's the Man Room Podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to do some liners and drink some more margaritas. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And, and. Transmission. Transmission.